We be live. Oh, what happened? Wait, one more time. We be live. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Hi, everyone. Look, I'm for the look, news. People, people are so excited about the news. Accelerate is like news, and then like these, like woohoo, news time. And then, okay, music guys confirming that audio is good. Thank you very Thank much. You. And also, I'm liking how this emoji, like we were talking about, this is becoming a thing now. The emojis that represents our logo, the lion, circle, and the horse. So I love the fact that this is becoming a thing in our live chat. This is amazing. Yes. Mustafa <laughs> said, I don't always yeah. watch Atheist News, but when I do, I prefer Atheist Republic. Stay curious, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm so glad you read that. This is a it's it's a parody of a famous beer commercial in America. All right. <clears throat> so, um, oxymoron is saying Susanna looks nice. Thank Do you want to explain? Yeah, thank you. Do you want to explain? I am wearing, you know, some blue and yellow in support for mm -hmm. Ukraine. Um, full disclosure: this is actually a Swedish jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and uh bavarian uh print but it's blue and yellow so you know we do what we can mm -hmm. so it's first in support of ukraine yeah ukraine. and i mean i'm wearing good. like a, a striped tracksuit what's more euro than that <laughs> <laughs> true 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 um yeah so before we get into the news do you want to should we go into the news or do you want to talk about like the situation? I mean, that is also the news. It's not atheist news, but if, did you want to talk about the situation in Ukraine or should we just move on? I mean, there's, uh, there's been so much that happened in the past 36 hours. I mean, I don't even know like where to start, you know, yeah. the amazing um, update from the last like two hours was cutting off certain banks from Swift, which is a huge move. We'll see that how far very that goes. Huge. Huge. Um, if that happens, yeah, that's huge. Like people, other, I don't know. If other countries are, here. you know, have their eyes on Russia's what over six hundred billion foreign reserves. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's so far uh, a lot of Russia's militarily like logistics have been uh, pretty humiliated, but yes. Unfortunately, that might mean that they they just go in with an even heavier hand. So, yeah, but I just want if if if, if Ukraine is go, is going to fall, I just hope that Putin pays a huge price for it. And that's why I kind of see the Ukrainians who are defending Ukraine. To me, they're just not defending Ukraine. To me, they are defending the world because this needs to be something. This kind of aggression, this kind of, um, you know, imperialism, <clears throat> old kind of imperialism, especially when it comes with messing with borders and um, coming from a country with nuclear power, just because it has to be shown that the world will unite against you. And just because they can't attack you because you have nuclear weapon, that doesn't mean that you're not going to pay a heavy price for it. I want countries like, I want every other country that ever, th like, because if, if Russia is very successful with what they do, then it will become, it will set a precedent for other countries to try the same thing. 
So it has to fail. It has to fail for countries like the Islamic Republic of Iran, China, or some of some other countries uh, to know that this is not something you could just do. And and also, I want them to suffer so much so, so that the lesson is not that, oh, if you have nuclear weapon, you could get away with whatever you want, right? There are other ways that you, the world could make you suffer, right? And And unfortunately, this is the Russian people will also be the victim of this. But it has to backfire. It has the cost has to be so high for Russia for the sake of the world, right? For the sake of for the sake of not making this the new normal, right? For the sake of not letting that this become a precedent for this kind of aggression to be okay. So I just hope the whole world becomes united against what Putin is doing, including Russian people, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's not by the way, it's uh, Ukrainians, many Ukrainians have shown a lot of bl- bravery, but also re- let's remember the Russian people who are showing a lot of bravery standing up to Putin. That also takes a lot of courage. Okay. So this is not Russia against Ukraine. This is Putin against Russians and Ukrainians. Okay. So just remember, just remember, this is not an anti Russian thing. Okay. We support Russia, we support Ukraine against the aggressions of Putin. Oh, I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, Anonymous, like the Hacker Collective, they hacked the Russian Military of Defense's website and released all the data. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's like Jesus. Anonymous came back from the dead swinging. <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> but I uh, will, you know, under, I, I know a lot of people want to talk about this. Uh, it's not the purpose of today's news show. But we will mm. be talking about this a lot in the future. Um, if yes. you're here and you would like to see that kind of coverage, make sure you're subscribed. And while you're at it, just take another half a second to like this video. It helps a lot because we talk about some pretty controversial stuff on this channel, I think, in a very fair and nuanced way. And uh, yeah, so I think that deserves a like. And also it helps us because youtube doesn't like that so much um so all right can we clap what sorry just a a comment um coming at us from facebook um so let's clap any let me let me just tell you guys whoever supporting putin in the live chat your 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 great leader has been humiliated on awards on on, on world stage. Like I wouldn't want to be you right now because it's embarrassing. Anybody who supports Putin, you have to be embarrassed. You look pathetic right now. The whole world is against you. So yeah, you're pathetic. Anyways, can we clap for the first news? Yes, we're clapping for the first news. Well, a lot of news this week because we're dunking on uh, backwards Islamic uh, social norms. Okay. So if you like to if you like to dunk on and mock that kind of thing, I think it's I think it's worth a clap. All right. So first news. First news. Kuwait cracks down on depraved yoga retreat. Recently, the Kuwaiti government canceled a desert wellness yoga retreat organized by Iman al uh, Husseinan, a yoga instructor. Lawmakers and Islamic scholars are strangely fixated on the lotus and downward dog yoga poses in particular, calling them a danger and depravity to women. Some have even gone so far as labeling the practice of yoga an attack on Islam. 
Iman stated that the retreat was canceled because she did not have a permit. She also came under fierce media attacks over the incident. Iman was contacted by the Interior Ministry, which clarified the importance of these permits. Uh, Hamdan Al-Azmi, a conservative lawmaker, said the Desert Wellness Yoga event is an alien, is, is alien to Kuwait's conservative society. Hamdan went on to call, uh, calling yoga an attack on the Arab heritage and a cultural travesty. On February 7th, human uh, women's rights groups and other advocacy groups protested at Irada Square outside Kuwait's parliament. Uh, Al-Nund Al-Sharek, uh, a founder of Abolish uh, 153, an advocacy group against honor killings, said the hostility against women's rights is becoming more apparent and public. What do they have against downward dog? Is it just because the butt goes up? They're like, okay, women cannot have their butt, butt up in that position? Is that this? No, yoga, man, there's too much spreading of the legs, you know, too much, too much bending over. We can't have that. Okay, we but can't. what are they saying? They're saying this is like, what about, like, you use the phrase, like they were saying, this is. So they, the, have, they have like a lot of different issues with it. So the, the excuse that they used to shut down this event was a permitting issue, right? Mm. But in general, they, one, a lot of them are saying that this is, you know, antithetical to Arab culture, that this is against their culture, that this is against their conservative society. Some are even saying that this is an attack on Islam. Um, some, And then some point to the How? depravity of what the women are involved in. Okay. Hmm? How is it depraved? You can't stretch? Because they, they're, they're spreading the legs. They're bending over. That is not protecting that which Allah has given you to protect. Okay. <laughs> Showing off the goods. But how Don't would you... Don't act like you're new to this, Armin. <laughs> okay. Two points, okay? How would you then stretch? You would have to spread your legs to be able to stretch certain muscles, certain parts of your body, right? Then, like, would stretching as a whole be depraved? One, point one. Point number two, have you seen Islamic prayer? Have you seen how you do the namaz? The buck goes up. Okay. Well, why do the you think the women have to be in the freaking back or separated? That's exactly okay. why. Well, then if the yoga classes are separate for women, would they be okay with it then? I think this was actually a just a women's retreat. Too. Okay, well then, And there again, was actually explicit instructions given to attendees to dress modestly. Okay, no... No yoga leggings, okay, ladies. You gotta, you gotta be modest while you're doing this. Um, but yeah, Armin, who said that stretching was okay in the first place? Come on. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. If that is, I'm just gonna show you some depravity then. If that's depraved, okay. Look at this. This is the sujda. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look how the butt goes up. Mm -hmm. This is Islamic prayer. This is a woman, butt is pointing up. Okay? Said downward dog is also, butt goes up. Is this the prayer? Can they do yoga if they're wearing Islamic hijab, Islamic covering? Should they wear like this when they're doing their yoga? Would that be okay right now? Are you getting well, turned on by this? Is anybody getting turned I mean, I am, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pervert. <laughs> 
But is anyone else? <laughs> is anyone else getting turned on by this? <laughs> so, oh right. my gosh, Bubble is saying, "Wait till they find out about hijabi pole dancers in the U.S." Wait, I haven't heard about hijabi pole dancers in the U.S. Bubble, hit me with the links. Um, <laughs> no, so. What I thought was interesting. So I have a friend in an undisclosed Islamic country who is telling me about this incident. And he, and these are some things that I was not able to verify because I can't read Arabic. So, you know, this is, I was not able to verify this, but he was saying that there was a scholar or a lawmaker who was going so far as to say that if you do yoga as a Muslim, you are actually committing apostasy because this is paganism. Like this, this is in. So if you do that, then you should be punished as a, someone who apostatized from Islam. And we, in Kuwait, that's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. Cause uh, yeah, it's uh, punishable by death. So therefore, if you do yoga, you should be punished with death. What if they rebranded as just a stretching class rather than yoga? So that it's not pagan. Like, we'd just be stretching. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they would have the same issues, just with the, the depravity of it. Depravity. Because you know what else is pagan? This. Uh-oh. That's pagan. Uh-oh, Habibi. <laughs> Do you think making circles around like a black stone or throwing of... rocks at a couple of towers? Do you think that's just that came the devil from away or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that came from Islam? Like, you know, this predates Islam. It's pagan. Oh, for podcast, for people who are listening to us on a podcast, what I'm showing is the Kaaba and mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. circling around it. Anyways. So wait, if you scroll down, there's mm -hmm. a video of the women protesting uh, in Kuwait that I want to play. Wait, we these are women protesting in, in favor of yoga or against yoga? Um, it, against the crackdown on women's rights in general. So okay, this was good. this yoga event was kind of a flashing point like there was a feminist backlash to this mainly because they just are like we've had it like you're cracking down on us constantly like this is too much you're being ridiculous so this woman kind of explains what the larger context is in a way you know what actually let me let me tell you 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 could still be a muslim and defend these women okay because technically in islam as long as men cannot see what you're doing you could technically do all of this like there's nothing in islam that says that you cannot have your butt up in the air and do like do stretches and spread your legs in a, all when there's only women around, like that's not anti-Islamic necessarily. So this is like, I don't know, this is more like, Oh, this is not our culture. It's more of a cultural thing than a religion thing. Like, because the, again, I don't, does, is there anything in Islam that tells you you can't do this? Like you can't in Islam, you can't spread your leg. In front of a man, maybe, but you could do it privately. Um, I mean, that's also cringe. You should be able to spread your legs in front of anyone, anyone you want. Right? <laughs> I support that. But anyways, let's watch this. Yoga has found itself at the center of a gender equality row, much to the anger of feminist activists in Kuwait. When duty calls, if there's a protest, I'm going to show up. 
the suspension of a one-day event has revived fears of a sexist. Look, okay, there's a hijabi woman also. Look, the hijabi woman is here also saying this is bullcrap, okay? Yeah, look, multiple hijabi women. By the way, Kuwait is not like Iran. If people are wearing the hijab, it's because they want to wear the hijab, okay? So these are, these are people who want to wear the hijab, and they're wearing the hijab, and they're like, let, let us do yoga. Revived fears of a sexist backlash. This after conservative politicians and clerics publicly denounced the form of exercise as indecent. Activists see the criticism of yoga as another means to police women's bodies and women's activities. Our state is backsliding and regressing at a rate we have not seen before. Uh, we are used to a lack of progress. We're used to the status quo. Uh, what we're not used to is this backpedaling on women's rights that is happening with increasing confidence. In Kuwait, men risk a maximum of just three years in prison and some $40 for so-called honor killings. Women won the right to vote in 2005, and despite a few having entered the National Assembly in the past, right now Kuwait has an all-male parliament. Campaigners accuse lawmakers of not caring about gender equality. We are pawns. We are being used by the government and the parliament to settle their own political agendas. What's the easiest thing to, to use to settle the political agenda? Women, because they believe it's a weak cause. Historically, the small emirate was considered to have one of the more open societies in the Gulf. It also has a relatively active political scene. The opposition, though, is currently dominated by conservative Islamists putting minority rights into jeopardy. Neighboring Saudi Arabia, meanwhile, organized its first yoga festival in oh Jeddah God. last month. Oh my God! I could I, ne I I never thought I would see the day where Kuwait is behind Saudi Arabia, right? Growing up as a child, we learned that Saudi Arabia is like hell on earth, and Kuwait is like this, you know, this place where you could do like boys and girls have party and everything is fine and it's not strict and when people go it's kind of a, like a second to the uae you know you either go to dubai or like you go to kuwait for some fun and parties and stuff like that you know it's just like more chill based on our standards at least right based on islamic standards kuwait's were like a lot more chill like this was like the polar up like now saudi arabia like kuwait like imagine how far uh, kuwait has fallen if they are more strict than Saudi Arabia, unbelievable. Okay, so that's uh, good to know. Let's keep an eye on Kuwait. Yeah, no, I um, thought it was really interesting to see how this became such like a flashpoint for this issue. Um, what I thought was also very interesting is there is a huge campaign right now to um, abolish uh, Article One Five Three of um, I think it's the penal code of Kuwait, which basically gives extremely light sentences and a fine of $46 for honor killing your wife. Um, and when there was a huge push to get this through the parliament to uh, get this like resolution actually revoked, the government took the unprecedented step of then going to religious scholars and deferring for them to write a fatwa on this. Kuwait, and, Kuwait yes. is asking for yes. religious fatwa. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yes. And then the religious scholars said, oh, no, this has to stand. 
So it's still on the books now because of this. And so when I was, yeah, no, this is crazy. And this is partially why people are protesting so much because they're like, this is like you were saying, we have this reputation of being very different than other Gulf countries. And this seems very antithetical to this kind of part of our identity or how we understand ourselves. And, um, they're, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So when I was reading this, a lot of people were highlighting that issue, especially um, this in contention with the, the honor killing law and how we, they speculate that some of the reason why they're seeing a backsliding of women's rights recently is because there's um, governmental deadlock and they can't do anything. They can't push anything through. They're dealing with a bad economic situation that they can't seem to fix. But the only thing that, that everyone can agree on is to diminish women's rights. So it's like seeming like like an easy thing to just get through to seem like the government's actually doing something. Um, one instance was that women are now allowed to join combat forces in Kuwait, which was a very new thing, but under the condition that they wear the hijab, that they wear headscarf. And this was shocking to Kuwaitis because the government has traditionally not been involved in the wearing of making women wear the headscarf. So they're bringing up all these examples of things that are very concerning to their um, society and what's going on. And I didn't know that women didn't have the right to vote until 2005. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the technically still don't in. In Saudi Arabia, I think women can vote in like uh, local elections. I mean, there is no elections on a grander scale, but Saudi Arabia is also recent. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Anyways. Um, anyways, can we clap for the next news? Um, I'm conflicted because one a bad thing happened to this woman but it also gives us the opportunity to again mock and expose let's not insanity let's not, yeah let's not do it all right, all right next news okay next news mexican woman in qatar faces 100 lashes after reporting an rap i can't i'm trying to avoid saying the word because of youtube oh yeah um paula uh she tech Kat, a 28-year-old Mexican Muslim woman who worked for a company responsible for organizing the uh, FIFA 2022 World Cup, was forced to leave the country after being sexually assaulted. Paola was attacked by a colleague, and after she reported the assault, was made to go through a humiliating three-hour-long interrogation process in Arabic and was asked to take a virginity test. Reportedly, her attacker flipped the investigation on her, by claiming they had a romantic relationship prior to the assault. Once the Qatari officials heard about their alleged relationship, the investigation turned from a sexual assault complaint into an investigation into an extramarital affair. Quote, although I had the forensic evidence of the beatings and everything, they believed him and applied the crime of fornication to us in an extramarital relationship. Uh, she uh, she uh, explained. Paola's attacker was acquitted of the assault charges. Meanwhile, Paola had to flee the country with the help of her employer and the local Mexican consulate and later learned that her case would be held before a criminal court where she could face up to seven years in jail and 100 lashes. But she's out of there, right? So she never, just yes. don't go back. 
Okay. Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Only, only, only in Islamic countries can you be punished for reporting that you have been sexually abused. Wait, are we are we using the R word or are we not? Let's try to avoid it as much as we can. Okay. Jesus Christ. Like, oh, you're the victim of sexual assault. You get prison and 100 lashes. Amazing. This is your, and she your gets brain on 100 Islam. lashes because she is a Muslim. Ah, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. This is amazing where as a Muslim, okay, as a religion gets privileges from non-religious people, okay? But, but from the same religious people, you get punished for being a member of that. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's just like. Why even be Muslim if you're a woman? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Wait, so this would none of this would apply to her if she was like, uh, where's Mexico? Is Mexico like raising hell for this? Like, this is your citizen. I hope Mexico is like, what yes. the F? Qatar. So okay. I, at first, I couldn't even believe this story. And there wasn't a lot of reporting on it. But I found her Twitter. And on her Twitter, um, she's posted or, or been shown taking pictures with a um, local Mexican official uh, back in Mexico. I can't remember if it's an ambassador, probably an ambassador, talking about how they are going to ensure that all of her rights are observed and protected as a Mexican citizen. Um, what's interesting, though, is before she went to the Qatari um, authorities, she first went to her Mexican embassy or consulate. And um they gave her some legal advice. They uh, and when she was going through this interrogation with the Qatari officials, whoever was her lawyer—I don't know where that lawyer came from—but reportedly, whoever what her lawyer was, whether it came from this consulate or whether it came from somewhere in Qatar, said, "Oh, well, this issue can be resolved if you marry your attacker." And her complaint was. What? Go ahead. Are you are you serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, this is the most insane. By the way, technically they're right Islamically. How about no, she exactly. said like, what if I leave Islam right now? <laughs> right. What would happen if she's like, okay, I'm getting all these punishments because I'm a Muslim? I how about I just leave? I mean, it's Qatar, they don't have the punishment for death in Qatar for leaving Islam. So would this all of this still apply to her? How dare they do this to somebody that is not their citizen? Like, how dare they do this? this you can't do this. You can't just... And imagine how, how crappy the situation is for Qatari women. For mm -hmm. Muslim Qatari Imagine if she was their citizen. Jesus Christ. This is... By the way, guys, this is, this is Qatar. This is not like Iran or Bangladesh or Pakistan. This is supposed to be one of the most progressive, advanced Islamic countries in the world. This is like a U.S. ally. One of the most progressive ones. This is the, like the, the, this is where the, I don't know, I don't know my sports. Where the, what is going to happen? I don't know. Is it, are Football? they the host of the, yeah, the, okay. Soccer, I don't know. I don't know my Americans. Soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is like, oh, this is like the financial center and the media center of the Middle East. The Qatar is supposed to be like 
Yeah, the one of the this is where Al Jazeera is from, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, and this is the country that is supposed to be the now the new peacekeeper between all aggressing, you know, all countries. Um, unbelievable. She was living in is, Doha. Yeah, guys, Qatar is not like the, one of those countries that you get the sense that they have would have laws like this, right? And they treat a well, foreign citizen. That. Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, but you, you, they, they, this is how they treat a foreign citizen. Imagine how they treat their own citizens. By the way, this also shows how much ownership they think they have over some a Muslim woman just because she's Muslim. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not a citizen, but you're Muslim. So technically, you're one of us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like the amount, the audacity to act like this is like, oh my God. As you know, if you're a Muslim woman, other Muslim men think they have the rights to basically punish you for the things that you, for being a victim, apparently. Okay, just because you you, you might not be a Qatari citizen, right? but you're part of the Ummah, so we get to do what we want to you. Like, unbelievable. Like, if, if this doesn't show you the amount of ownership they think, they think they have over Muslim women, just, I mean, they themselves are admitting that you get this punishment specifically because you're Muslim. Like it, it shows that and they think they're entitled to, they have ownership. Like these are our women. I don't care you're Mexican, you're ours. So we get to punish you. Oh God damn it! But go on. Like I'm not even claiming this. This is not like this is me. Like they said it. They said that you it's because you're a Muslim woman. Go on, sorry. Yeah, my my understanding is that the extra the criminalization of the quote unquote extramarital affair um, would have applied regardless of the citizenship. But it's because she's a Muslim that she gets the Hadood punishment of the lashes. But I need to correct you in Qatar, apostasy is punishable by death. What? But has it? Okay, never mind. Okay, thank you for that information. Okay, Qatar is still... Jesus Christ. So, what's been interesting... Oh, go ahead. Has anybody been executed? I don't think so. I don't know about that. I wouldn't be able to tell you one way or the other. Um, Okay. What I find interesting is that apparently she, according to one report I saw on this, she's been living in the area since she was 19. Um, 19, she's 28 now. And it was, this was her dream job. This is what she wanted to do. And she's heartbroken that because of these charges that could be brought forth against her, the sentence that she faces, it could inhibit her ability to work in the Middle Eastern region altogether because of this, which is heartbreaking to her because this is like what she loves. This is what she wanted to do. And this is where she wanted to be because of this. She might not ever be able to go back. And so she kind of has to rebuild her life. Um, It's also very interesting to look at this from the angle of the FIFA world cup and how Qatar is really trying to sports wash its image. Um, Sports washing, for those who don't know, is using sports to try to whitewash your um, uh, image internationally. It's marketing. Or This uh, is why Saudi Arabia keeps buying, like, uh, football uh, clubs, leagues? Yeah. Teams, yeah. Okay. Um, I really don't know my sports, sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Um, So, for example... David Beckham, very, very, very famous footballer, has been paid by uh, the Qatari government 
$227 million over the next 10 years to be their spokesperson. So I would like to give a special, a very special Bisharaf to David Beckham um, for this because it's so shameful. The 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 Qatar uh, World Cup has been having a massive image problem from the beginning because there are hundreds of migrant workers who have died while building the the facilities for um, this event. They're also accused of just straight up using slavery uh, or what amounts to slavery against South Asian um, migrant men, many of them from India in particular, and they don't even repatriate their bodies back into the country, or they're also known for stealing their passports so that they can't um, escape, uh, return to their country, and they're uh, severely punished for complaining or trying to report about the abuses they suffer on the job. Um, And so this has been a huge black mark on Qatar and this whole effort that they have to try to, like, erase, you know, their their bad image um, overseas. And this story that blew up was just another example of this and how it's just really not working in their favor. And we need these stories to blow up and we need their efforts to erase, you know, their their bad records to to not work. So, um, yeah, and this was just one another example of just how crazy the situation is in some of these countries. Um, So it's horrible that this happened to this woman. Um, but I hope people use this at least to highlight the situation that millions of other people face. Okay. Very well said. Um, should we go to the next news? Um, Oh my God. I can't even show the image. Can I show this image on the next? Okay. Hold on. I don't know. Okay. Let's talk about it before when we go there. Okay. So can I clap? I don't yes, think we fine. should. No. Okay. Next news. Next news. Hindu Nationalist Party tweets cartoons of Muslims hanging from noose. On February 20th, the ruling party of India, the Bharatiya Janata Party or BJP uh, Twitter account for the Indian state of Gujarat tweeted a cartoon of a group of Muslim men being hanged. The tweet was taken down by Twitter itself the next day, but news outlets captured images of the post. The cartoon was referencing the court ruling against the um, regarding the 2008 Ahmedabad blasts, where more than 21 bombs exploded in different sites in Ahmedabad in one day, killing more than 56 people and injuring hundreds. Uh, Harkat ul-Jihad al-Islami, an Islamic terror group based in Pakistan, claimed responsibility for the attacks. Siddharth Varadarajan of The Wire said that the BJP could could be signaling to its supporters that this is the fate of Muslims in the future. On February 21st, Dr. Ruth Vij Patel, a BJP spokesperson, announced that the cartoon did not target any specific religion or community. Patel explained it was based on the actual photographs of the convicts published by newspapers a day after the verdict. Others sounded the alarm on the startling cartoon, drawing comparisons to early 20th century postcards celebrating the lynching of African-Americans and anti-Jewish propaganda. Okay, guys, I'm not going to scroll down because I, I don't know how, if you understand how bad the cartoon is. 
Like, I'm so glad that I scrolled down. Okay, Susanna, next time warn me, because if I hadn't scrolled down before I showed this, we would have lost our channel entirely. Like, we, this would yeah. be a major strike. This cartoon, like, okay, so I, I could just scroll down just half centimeter here, and the cartoon that you're going to see is so vile, it's so bad, that it will be an immediate strike on our channel. But you can see the tweet uh, is like it, it has the check mark. This is the official Twitter by the BJP Gujarat. They also posted they po it on their official Instagram as well. Instagram, the platform itself removed the images. What the hell were they thinking? I don't. I wish I could explain to you guys how bad it is without risking our channel. But it's like it's hard. It's horrible. Um, what what would they? This is a political party. This is an official political party. They're 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 inciting mass violence. This is an incitement to genocide by the official party of BJP in Gujarat. Like, how is it? This is like some nineteen um, thirties Germany kind of vibes. Like right oh, before hardcore. Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. This guys, this is not like oh hinting and like oh my god, using like a language. This is an at the most direct like invitation to genocide I've ever seen coming from the BJP directly. Like if if we have seen anything like this before, was from like people like from like some far right Hindutva on the ground or like some never never anything like this officially from the government. Well, those those events that you're talking about were attended by BJP officials. Yeah, it again. It's always been like somebody else. It had an incitement to like genocide, but like there was like a BJP official there in the crowd or blah blah blah. I've never seen anything this vile. Like I've seen hints of things like this coming from BJP officials, right? If you read between the lines, except that what other guy, the Yogi Bear. Yogi Yeah, that guy. That guy has been also very direct. But this, like, this is like you guys go find this image of this tweet and look at it and tell me like how and show it to other people and don't share it on social media because your account is going to get banned if you show this like rightfully so actually um but okay so they're saying this is a response so there's two things you were talking about some attacks when was that so, so just to be more clear those attacks so, were well so no, just the time yeah. in 2008 this is when this okay. massive radical extreme attack happened and so this was to celebrate yeah. the sentencing of those radical extremists all right okay um just to so, so for people who yeah that was in 2008 this is like right now okay so i just wanted people to understand the timeline of this um oh has there been like a backlash oh people oh yeah oh yeah I mean, there yeah. was a lot of um, uh, equivocation, and so the the def the defensive narrative is that oh, this isn't against yeah, this isn't against a community. This is against these individuals. You know, the, these this is against these Ooh. people who are murderers, right? And we are celebrating the fact that they are going to be put to death. You know, but the way it's presented to I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say any outside viewer, but certainly to an international outside viewer is that this is 
like inciting lynching towards a minority community in your country. Like it, it couldn't yeah. be more clear. In the in the in the photo of the cartoon, they um include the the seal of the um of India, which is you know like the three lions. Apparently, their use of the seal is also illegal to include in that. Um, and uh, you know, people were it's it's so directly comparable to mass violence that or the propaganda surrounding mass violence against African Americans in the US or against Jewish people in you know the Weimar Republic. Um it's it's like startling. It's 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 so not, you're it talking about back in the nineteen thirties and nineteen sixties. You're not talking about I mean and everything everything before it in the United States. You're not talking about right now, right? Because yes. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to clear that. Um, you want to read this by Bengali Hindu? Um, Bengali Hindu is saying, I don't know what drives them to make such a toxic cartoon. Why? Which is so abusive. Are they dumb? Don't show it. It It's it, it's too toxic of a cartoon. I'm not going to show it. I'm not going to show it. Yeah, but what was like, even if they think these things, what makes them think it was a good idea to put this out there? Like they're making our job to show what these the, the BJP stands for a lot easier. Like this is such a self-owned. Like you're you're supposed to. This is like they're saying the quiet part out loud. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. this is such a like a like we I, like this is such a win for us because we have like we have a hard time convincing people how far the BJP has gone, how toxic they are. Like people don't believe us. People think we're exaggerating, right? A lot of people think like, especially because we have been attacked by them. So people think like we're biased uh, and we're just like saying this because we're butthurt or something. Um, and we're like, over, you know, we're saying, we're seeing things that are not there. But then we have, then we have stuff like this. And we're like, look at this. And it's just an immediate win for our case to make it, to make it our point. Like, look at, okay. I mean, I, we can't even show it though. Guys, go look for it. Okay. Um, and then we have people, idiots like this in the live chat. Look at this. Read this one. <laughs> Harish Patel is saying you are uh, terror sympathizers. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know why you would say that, Harish, because we have not said anything sympathizing with the people who actually carried out this horrific attack in Ahmedabad I, in 2008. We're just yeah, talking about the way that they are presenting this is... I don't even have words for how wildly irresponsible it is. But what you were saying, Armin, oh, well, don't, what do they think? They're saying the quiet part out loud. They clearly don't care. They clearly don't care. They are willing to sacrifice that. They are willing to sacrifice how this looks outwardly. They are willing to sacrifice maybe even, um, you know, uh, a plausible deniability for the sake of whipping up a base. And it's in incredibly important to realize, like, I when I saw this and saw that it came from the Jugarat, um branch of the BJP, I was shaken. For That is so, so important when thinking about this. For those who are not aware, in 2002, there was a mass riot in Jugarat, which some qualify or say meets the standards of a pogrom and thousands of people were killed um mostly muslims 
in this mass religious violence. And during this time in Jugarat, this is when Modi, now the prime minister, was the chief minister of that state. And there are a lot of people who say that he didn't do enough to end this violence, didn't do enough to prevent it, if not um, allowed it to continue. Um, so this, this, these, these 2002 riot, riots in Jugarat like are really, um, it's, it still weighs very heavily in the national consciousness. And so to have something so boldly violent, like expressed in this way, in this like heinous cartoon from the official accounts of the ruling party is I like, I don't even have words. It's insane. It's, it's crazy. All right, read that. We need to move on to the next thing. So let's read some of the comments. And then Brother Ben is saying, geez, Louise, I just checked out the cartoon. I was not expecting that. Geez. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, Look at this one. Ghost Bunny is saying, not only do they show them hanging Muslims in the background, it looks like they are burning either a city or other Muslims. It's horrifying. Well, that's actually supposed to portray the bombings that were carried out. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you for clarifying. All right, let's address this one. Uh, oh boy. Hindutva Susanna is back and Hindutva Susanna says, what are all those who plant bombs from peaceful communities? Okay, let me translate. Let me translate. Let me translate. Okay. Hindutva Susanna is saying, what about those uh, people who plant those bombs? Um, the, like he's saying, he's been, I think she or he's being uh, sarcastic by saying supposedly peaceful uh, Oh, no, no. She's saying like, what about the Muslims who basically bombed those peaceful communities? Uh, what do you want them to draw? Again, Hindutva Susanna, I think you are the... I, you used to be the mayor of What About Islam. That's what I uh, thought. But I think you're the president of What About Islam, okay? I think you are the, the role model for all the people in the, in the world who wants to use What About Islam as a tactic, okay? Do we ever like suggest that that was an okay thing? Or maybe say, how would you want them to portray it? Guys, it's insane. If you, I, I, I cannot explain to you how bad this is, okay? The image that we're saying is an obvious indication that this is an anti-Muslim. This is like, we're gonna be like lynching Muslims. Like this is that, like this is, it's, it's an attack on the entire community, okay? So just go watch it. It's, it's horrible. It's obviously a hate cartoon, okay? Nobody could have, has seen the cartoon would come out with, with the right mind, would not come up with the... Um, it's an it's an incitement to violence. It is. Okay? So just go look well, it, at it. It is so using obvious, visible stereotypes of Muslim identity, mainly right. the white skull cap, the white... Um, I think it's called the uh, Shalmar uh, Kamis, um, and you know the white the white tunics, and just it's it's a stereotype of these people, and they're like, oh well, we tried to base it off of their actual features. Most people who see this are not going to perceive this as, oh, you're celebrating that specific people are you know receiving justice. They're seeing right. a group of men wearing white skull caps hanging in a noose round together. What are people supposed to receive from this 
let me, this cartoon. And let me give and you an example. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example just to make it clear, okay? Um, let's go, let's find, um, let's go, imagine if we went and found, made a list of African Americans in the United States who have been put to death for actual crimes that they have committed, okay? Let's say, let's go make a list of, you know, African Americans in the United States that have committed really bad crimes, really horrific crimes, um, and then make a cartoon of a whole bunch of African Americans in the United States being put to death with like very stereotypical uh, black features, okay? Nobody on the right mind would not see this cartoon as a racist attempt and celebrating the death of not just those people, but getting revenge of on black people. Like that's how it would come about. If I make a cartoon of like, you know, look at all, look at these black people getting what they deserve, right? And if I say like, obviously this is racist, obviously this is disgusting, obviously this is like a, I don't know, white supremacist, you know, red meat for those kind of communities. If you come at me and say like, well, Armin, are you defending their crimes? Are you saying that how would how else would you portray them in a cartoon? You're insane if you don't see what's happening. You have lost your mind if you don't see what is happening in this cartoon. Okay? You are you are so blinded by your own bigotry that you're trying to make excuses for such a cartoon. Like guys, go watch this cartoon. Go find it and watch it, okay? Because if you come up with any other conclusion, if you don't understand what the, who this cartoon is for, you're like Suzanne, I think it's worse than what even Suzanne is saying. Suzanne is like, well, if you, if, to an outsider, no, not to an outsider, to an insider, to those people, they are using this as an excuse to celebrate Muslims dying. This is not about just these attackers dying. This is like, oh, this is about, this is what, this is about the Hindutva, Hindutva crowd, the bigoted Hindutva crowd saying, telling Muslims, this is what you deserve, right? This is why they're celebrating, um, ha- showing them being hanged in this Islamic outfit, right? And with their, they're, they're, having an, they're having an orgasm over the, the idea of like watching, you know, Muslims hang. This is not about justice. This is about their fantasy of committing Islamic genocide. It's so obviously that. And if you deny it, you're either you're one of them or you're an idiot. Okay. Yeah. It's extremely worrying to think about the effect that this has to normalize these kinds of attitudes, because this sets the stage. This normalization of dehumanization is a prerequisite to mass violence. We just know this from history and people who study this. And this is an obvious effort to normalize this kind of collectivism, this, this, this stereotyping and this, this violence. It's also important to remember that in reference to um, talking, Modi, in reference to talking about people who were opposing the CAA and on NRC acts, um, was said, oh, you can identify them by their clothing. You know, again, a, a stereotyping Muslims on the basis of their clothing and the way that they dress. And so the fact that these, again, these are the people in these cartoons are stereotyped through their clothing. It's, it's, it's really, really, really concerning. And it, go compare them to uh, Yahtzee. I can't say the word because of um, YouTube. 
but it's it's a direct comparison to Yahtzee propaganda. Yeah, imagine if you have like, um, ca you know, Yahtzee caricatures of, I don't know, Jewish people um, committing certain crimes. And if you, they were, oh my God, this is horrible. You could be like, well, actually, I have an example of them actually doing this thing. Do you say it doesn't happen, Armin? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're insane. You're just like deflecting. You know, we know what's happening here. And you're an idiot if you deny it. Or just a bigot. It's just like them. Um. Anyways. Yeah, or just like straight up indoctrinated. But I'm not going to let you gaslight me. I can see it with yeah. my own two eyes. All right. I was born at night. I wasn't born last night. Right. Okay. Can we clap for the next news? Um. Yes, because we get to dunk on Islam again. <laughs> okay, good. Next news. Next news. Egyptian journalist accused of contempt of Islam after questioning Prophet's ascension. On Friday, February 18th, Ibrahim Isa, an Egyptian journalist and critic of Muslim groups, claimed that the Prophet Muhammad's journey to Jerusalem never happened. He was referring to the Isra and Mihraj, uh, the Islamic story of Muhammad flying from Mecca to Jerusalem on a winged donkey with a human face and then ascending to heaven where he met with Allah before returning to his followers with instructions on how to pray. During his TV show, he told his audience that some scholars have been debating the ascension of the Prophet Muhammad. According to Isa, this journey is, quote unquote, a completely delusional story. He claimed that the preachers that cite only literature that supports the purported evening excursion and ignore contradictory, contradicting sources are subscribers to Salafist fundamentalist views. Isa's statement sparked outrage among Egypt's hardline Islamists. An investigation into Isa and his alleged campaign against Islam was launched by the Public Prosecutor's Office of Egypt. In response, Dar uh, al-Ifta, Egypt's Islamic advisory and governmental body, stated that the journey, quote-unquote, undoubtedly occurred and cannot be denied in any manner. Egypt's Supreme Council for Media Regulation will launch a legal action against Isa as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Adults fighting over what fantasy, which version of the fantasy actually happened. This is amazing. Um, what could be the consequences for this, for this conclusion? Um, it's not entirely clear at this point. Like, there's a number of investigations that are um, happening against him. So far, this has just been something that he's been accused of. Uh, to my knowledge, there haven't been any charges brought against him yet. Um, but should there be blasphemy charges against him, um, that hasn't happened. But if that were to happen, there that does carry a, a heavy punishment in Egypt. What is the argument that he makes? Like he, this. By the way, this guy is shouldn't. I mean, as much as I want to defend him because he's being attacked and everything, and he shouldn't be, and we should like free speech and everything. But he doesn't sound like a okay. What is what is his argument for why this didn't happen? Again, I can only read English translations of news stories about this because I don't. So I don't. I can't give you the full totality of his argument. But he was just saying that this is completely delusional. 
And he was trying to bring up the fact that there are a lot of scholars that dispute this. Um, but then By they're scholars, like, he means Islamic their... scholars, right? Yes. Okay, so this is not like a actual scholar who's saying, "Grow up, magic is not real." This is kind of like a kind of like one of those Islamic scholars who's saying, based on my version of the fantasy, this didn't happen. I right? don't know about that. So I wasn't able mm. to find a lot of information about this guy or his background, but it is clear that he is a big critic of Muslim groups. And we do have to be aware that in Egypt, how what you're allowed to say and how you give your religious criticism has to be right. very careful and delicate. So, so he might be one of those people. So you're saying he might be one of those people who wants to say grow up magic is not real, but he cannot say that. So he has to use the framework of Islamic scholarship to be like, to frame. And let me tell you why. Because after this happened, there was some high profile Egyptian actor who announced that he is resigning from a film that this journalist wrote. And the name of this film is The Atheist. Oh my God. Okay. This guy is a hit secret atheist. Kinda. Maybe. I'm getting that sense. I don't want to okay. accuse him of that because that's dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Never mind. The, I don't know if maybe the film Who? is actually an anti atheist film. I couldn't find okay, a lot okay. of information about it. Maybe. That maybe. Okay. very much piqued my curiosity. I was like, this this guy is writing a film called The Atheist? Um, Great. So. I, I can't be clear, but there's something very interesting going on here. Read that. It's obviously very in. critical. <laughs> <laughs> Gray Jedi is saying, Space Donkey, giddy up! <laughs> <laughs> Forever Stormy is saying, let's be honest, Hindus have better <laughs> magic flying vehicles than Islam. A flying donkey? <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Technically, it's not a donkey. Technically, it's just a its own species. Like it's a it's a it's a it's a it has a human face, a woman's face. It's one of its kind. Okay, um, but yeah, it, it's true that Hinduism does have better flying. Do they have a swan? I think someone has a swan. Definitely Hanuman. Hanuman flies. No, Hanuman flies on his own. He doesn't need a vehicle. Well, it's a flying monkey. Okay, but he's no one's vehicle. He just, he's just, you know, so don't you dare call him. You're right, he's vehicle. no one's vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it doesn't fly, but there's no mount better than, you know what I'm going to say, right? Agnes, fire goat. True. Okay, like... Compare Muhammad's flying donkey with a woman's face. Okay, that's pathetic. Okay, this is this is why I support Hinduism's mythology over Islamic mythology any day. Okay. Oh yeah. Especially especially old Hinduism. Okay, old like Indra and Agni. Okay. Compare that. Okay, I'm gonna have to show you guys this. Okay, sorry. I know this is off track. Agni. No, it's worth it though. It's worth it. In this okay. channel, Armin and I are fanboys and fangirls for Agni. So, it's been okay, established. So, we already know this. By the way, we made Barack in our Blasphemous art very sexy, okay? 
So we did goes, make a sexy Barack. <laughs> we made a sexy Barack. Okay. However, guys, if however, you want to see that, go subscribe to our Patreon to get the uncensored version. Link in the description. <laughs> All right. So compare Muhammad's flying donkey and Agni. By the way, is one of Hindu gods. Much cooler than the current Hindu gods. This is a more famous. Like it used to be much more prominent. Okay. Look at this. Okay. Muhammad's flying monkey. Compare that to this. Look at that. Oh, God L damn. Describe for that. anyone listening what we're looking at. I don't know how to describe this. This is undescribable. Okay. <laughs> this is this is the fire god in Hinduism, Agni. And this is his fire goat. This is the mount. This is what he rides upon. This what got why did Hinduism have to move away from this? Okay. You had Indra and Agni and a prototype of Shiva. And then you moved on to like cringe gods like Brahma. Who wants to <laughs> Brahma when you had this? You had this Hinduism. Why did you move on to Brahma? What does Brahma do for you? Look at that. Is that not epic? <laughs> <laughs> what did he do for you? Stormy not is confirming that yes, that there is a swan vehicle. People yeah. are saying both Brahma or Saraswati has the swan. Indra has a chariot. His chariot is freaking awesome. Isn't yeah, Indra actually a prototype of Zeus? I think he I mean, is. I mean, they're both a ring of storm gods. And they both throw lightning I, and have chariots. And they're both, they're both sure sky. They're bo yeah. And they're both like, well, I mean, it's, it's part of the Indo Aryan um, sky father. Um, model mm -hmm. so it's, it's basically it's sky daddy yeah basically it's indra and zeus and jupiter jupiter literally translates to sky father i mm -hmm. think yeah um by the way let me respond to like what did agni do for you agni brought you fire okay agni agni's role in hinduism is Similar, very similar to Prometheus. Yeah. Okay. Because both Prometheus and Agni brought fire to to us, and also they were more sympathetic to humans than the other gods. Well, and they were punished for it too. Yeah. Okay. So, like, this is basically if Indra is the Zeus of Hinduism, Agni is the Prometheus of Hinduism, but more badass. Like, no one's yes. going to chain this guy to a rock and have eagles eating its liver. Like, you, you, I, can you even dare attack this person? Look at this. <laughs> Nobody's going to mess with this guy. Um, <laughs> Look, I'm saying, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> okay, cool. See, so guys, we celebrate Hinduism here. Like, people think we're anti Hinduism. How could, yeah. Anyways. Oh, people are also telling about other animals that Hindu gods ride. Lakshmi has an owl. Like um wait who is the Inesh wrote a mouse um wait don't tell me don't tell me uh, Kelly's um, Kelly is an avatar of um, uh, I know what it is I know what it is I know you know she rides a lion hmm what is it Durgama Durgama God damn she rides a lion right yes. Sometimes okay. a tiger, but most often portrayed as a lion. Yeah, that actually looks really cool as well. Let me get that. It does look cool. Oh. Wait, I almost left this. Shit. 
Yeah, Man, the comments during this segment were hilarious. Bubble is saying, Hagrid didn't actually fly to meet Harry. Now put me in jail. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and Mustafa, an ex-Muslim, is saying, I always referred to it as a scene of Pegasus while on shrooms. <laughs> I like the modern depictions of Hindu gods a lot more more than the ancient ones. They look so much more epic. Well, I mean, to be fair, we have, you know, better artists. Artistic uh, technical skills have progressed greatly since then. We can now do hyperrealism, so that plays in yes. our favor. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't say I wasn't blaming them. I wasn't saying like how come the artists back then were in producing such great art? I was like I mean, I could uh, I can't find the word art of Durkama that I like. There's a modern epic version of it, but I can't find it. Right now, I only have this. Mm -hmm. You see she's writing a tiger, 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 but I know there's like a, a modern version. Oh, look, lion. She's writing a lion. Yeah, she's always like seen on a lion, and she's attacking a demon on a lion, but there's one modern version of this that looks so epic and i i don't know why it's not usually it's the first one that shows up what well, what what's going on in the photo that's like so she's much attacking epic. no it's just the line her she looks a lot more epic the lion looks a lot more epic and she's fighting a demon while doing while on a lion and it just looks so amazing i don't know why i can't find it gage in america is saying the jade emperor rode on a flying Respunging dragon? What is that? What is respunging? Re maybe respawning? <gasps> found it. I found it. Okay. Why was this not showing up the first? What was this like? Okay, guys, look at Durgama. Look at Durgama riding a lion. One second. Wow, look at this. Oh, that's good. That is good. Look, she's. You know, in the old in the old art, you could always see she's on a lion and attacking a demon. So they did the same thing, and she, you know, she has a fidget spinner here, and she has her like, and she's holding the head of the uh, demon in her other hand. By the way, guys, this is what Cal, what this is the god that Kali comes from, right? Kali is an avatar of this god. Well, right? Kali is like the super saiyan. Yes, Thurgama. version. Yes, exactly. When Durgama gets so angry that she loses her mind, she just levels up to Kalima. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Look at that. Okay. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> Mustafa saying, holy, holy cow <laughs> crap, that's badass. <laughs> Worth yeah. the wait in my new wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. That's all right, all right. Anyways, yeah, Islam does it. Uh, Hinduism does it better when it comes to mythology than Islam. It's very sad that Islam has very little mythology. You know what I mean? Like the like, I'm really fascinated with the jinn part of and the story of Iblis in Islam. But mm -hmm. like, I wish there was so much more. We could have a lot more fun with it. Like, we have Mi'raj. That's a little bit like mythology. But most of it is just about Muhammad did this, Muhammad did that. Like. I'm, Where's your mythology, Islam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Christianity has a lot of mythology over its angels and demons. Judaism has a lot of mythology. Um, Hinduism has a lot of mythology. Right? Islam is just like it would have been so much fun to, you know. But yeah, just a little bit apparently. 
Okay. I heard that the prophet did this. Well, his family did that. And then they had this battle here. And then the baby died in Karbala here. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, when we have demons, they make it the most cringiest story ever. What The story that we get with demons in Islam is, like, Muhammad read, was reading the Quran, and the jinns liked it, the demons liked it, and they got surrounded him and listened to the Quran. This is the epic story of demons we get in Islam. They were like, oh my God, read us more Quran, Muhammad. Like, what is that? What is that? That is your demon story in Islam? Oh my, okay. Muhammad Senpai, read it again. (laughs) Well, no, he couldn't read. He would give us another revelation. Recitation, reciting, recitation. All right, can we <laughs> clap for the next news? No. Okay, next news. Next news. Shia Muslim man sentenced to death for blasphemy. On February 23rd, Wasim Abbas, a man from the minority Shia Muslim community in Pakistan, was given the death penalty in a fine of almost well, what equates to $3,000 USD for blasphemy charges. He was charged with quote-unquote, insulting the Prophet Muhammad. A failure to pay the penalty will result in an additional two years imprisonment. Abbas was arrested in June 2020 in Faisalabad after allegedly assaulting the Prophet and his companions. A 2016 report by Amnesty International shows the blasphemy laws in Pakistan are broadly worded and therefore abused often. Um... And then just to recap, recently a Hindu teacher was sentenced to life imprisonment and a mentally disabled individual was murdered by a mob for blasphemy. Both of, uh, both of them were accused for committing blasphemy. One of the most famous cases of alleged blasphemy is the one of Asya Bibi. In 2018, she became the most high-profile blasphemy case after she was acquitted and had to flee the country to assure her safety. We're getting close to a situation where there's not going to be a month in Pakistan where we don't have a blasphemy case. Oh, we're, we're already there, huh? at that point. There, are, oh, okay. I mean, in terms of accusations, we're already at that point. Oh, yeah. Okay, but in, that, in terms of charges or sentencing, it's a little different. We're, we're going to get... I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying when it comes to charging, sentencing, or de- or mob killings, we're going to be getting close to a point where it's just like every month. Every month, there's going to be at least one. Yeah, I know accusations are happening like every, you know, a lot. Um, what did this guy say, by the way? Like, they're, by the way, Shia is like, they're coming for, Shias are going to be a major target if things keep going the way they are in Pakistan. Because it used to be like, I don't know, infidels and secularists and atheists. And then when they went, I mean, it was always the Ahmadis, right? or Hindus. The Christian, yeah, the Hindus, but mainly always the Ahmadis. So first they went for the Ahmadis, and you said nothing. Then they went for the atheists and secularists. Then they went for like the Christians and Hindus, and now they're going for their fellow Muslims, which are not Sunni. So like, like they're going. I mean, after Shia Muslims, I mean, technically, and you know, technically, technically, according to their standards, just believing in Shia Islam is blasphemy. So if you want to yeah. keep abiding by the standard, every single Shia Muslim will become a blasphemer by default. And if how not many, a like, kafir. Yeah. 
yeah so yeah so th this is really dangerous like there's a lot of sh there are many shia muslims in pakistan and they're all becoming targets at some point oh also yeah no never mind I, I well like you asked was... what he was arrested for i wasn't able to find any specific information about what in particular he said or what he was alleged you know what this alleged insult was because his charge was insulting the prophet muhammad but in some reporting, it said that he was arrested for insulting the Prophet Muhammad and his companions. So obviously, this is where the Shia angle comes in. Because right. for those who are not aware, um, majority of Muslims around the world are Sunnis. They very much venerate, um, well, you know, they both sects say that they venerate all of these people, but some venerate them more than others, right? So Sunnis are, are you know, they venerate the Sahaba more. That would be his Prophet Muhammad's disciples or companions. And then um, Shias more venerate his actual family, you know, his progeny. Um, Ahlul Bayt. Yeah. Ahlul Bayt. So there are certain traditions in which Shias actually curse the Sahaba for their responsibility in the deaths of um, uh, in the in the deaths of Muhammad's family. So this is often where a lot of accusations or a lot that a lot of Sunnis use to show the the depravity of Shias is by showing how they openly curse the Sahaba, um, and this is used to sh stir up a lot of anti-Shia sentiment. Um, so I, it's not surprising that reportedly this had to do with some sort of insult to the companions because there's just inherently a very different orientation towards how you view these figures. Um, but I have no idea, you know, some some Sunnis really put forth this idea that all Shias like just curse and hate the Sahaba. Like that's not true. There's some right. that are very extreme um, that, uh, you know, do it in a very extreme way. And I actually think that it puts Shias like around the world in danger because it's used as prop against Shias en masse. Um, yeah. But, you know, who knows what this guy said? I would yeah, probably wasn't even that extreme. We don't know. Or maybe he said nothing. And this is just used to settle a score because blasphemy laws in Pakistan are used to settle scores all the time. Right. Um, I, I'm a, I have a problem with the framing of the comment that you highlighted. Do you want to address that? Because I have an issue. With on YouTube is saying she is used to target Ahmadis and now it's them. Yeah, this is dangerous. We shouldn't frame it like that because that's how um, the Sunnis... Because well, actually, that's because it. Well, no, because that. If you think if you frame it like that, people will see it as deserving. Uh, this is collective. This is a collective way of framing it. Okay, because some Shias did something, and now we're so we shouldn't. I mean, I, atheists on YouTube. I know what, the way you're saying it. You don't. I, I know that you're not somebody that thinks that this is what they're doing to Shias. You're not suggesting that it's justifiable. Uh, or that they deserve it, but may, if it's framed like that, a lot of people will have the, under, the feeling like, "Well, you get what you deserve." Like, how do you how do you like a taste of your own medicine? Okay, um, and this is a very dangerous way of thinking because you, you're holding we would be holding they would be holding a whole group of people responsible for the actions of a few, right? Like the Shias who targeted Ahmadis. Um, Obviously, they represent a fringe group of the entire Shia population in Pakistan. Like, what do you want to do? Like, like 
the attacks uh, the attacks on the Shia community is not going to be exactly directed at the same people um, who were targeting Ahmadis. And even if it were uh, directly targeting them, it would still not be justified. Like the, if there's any punishments, it should be in the court and under a fair justice system or anything like that, right? So let's not just like collectively talk about an entire group of people like that. Yeah, I know atheists on YouTube are saying like, I did not mean it like that. I didn't say you meant it like that, but that's how people will think about it if we frame well, it. Well, like Armin, that. to be honest, I feel like you've expressed a similar sentiment where you're not trying to collectively pass blame or or, or justify any collective action towards Shias. You're, I mean, what did you just say? First they came for the Ahmadis, then they came for blah, 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 and now they're coming for the Shias. It, it, you're expressing the sentiment of just the pattern of history. No, I was talking about the Vic who which group of people are the victim. I don't talk about the attackers in a collective way ever. That's dangerous. I didn't say the Sunnis came for the Shias, right? Mm -hmm. I, if I did, and if I did, I should be whole, I should, you should be um, calling it out. Like, hey, I mean, don't say the Sunnis did that. Not all Sunnis did that. Like, I'm more comfort, like, because when they come for a community, it is fair to refer to it collectively because they are coming for that community collectively. Yeah. Okay, but the people who are doing the the people who are being victimized, they're collectively being victimized. But the people who are doing the targeting, they're not collectively responsible. So if I'm referring to the victims, I'm happy with being referring to an entire group. Okay, even if you as an individual haven't been targeted, you are a target because you belong to this community. So it is fair to refer to the entire, and it's not dangerous to refer to an entire community as a victim because you're not holding them responsible. They're a victim. It's the only dangerous to refer to the attackers collectively as a group, because then you will be doing guilt by association. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I just know for a fact when we've talked about the issue, this issue before, you have talked about how it was, you know, Shia is united with Sunnis against Ahmadis. Like. Okay, so hold me responsible. So I say some Shias with some Sunnis against Ahmadis. So if I do that, don't let me get away with talking like that, okay? So. Well, that's why sure I bring that... it up now. Okay, good. But yeah, but make sure you call, call me out when I do it. Uh, at the time, so I learned my lesson, okay? To be fair, um, maybe when we were talking about this, you did make those nuances, right? I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head. I just know that we talked about it, so. Yeah, yeah. I try to not collectively mm, hold an entire group of people responsible. Mm -hmm. If I ever fail, please point it out. Um, so Atheist on YouTube is saying, I did not mean it like that, sorry. I mean, they did it to others. Now others are doing it to them. What goes around comes. Wait, you made it worse. No, you just made it worse. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, you've yeah, I wasn't getting that vibe from you at the beginning, but now I am. What comes what goes around comes around. This is horrible. Way of like, what are you talking about, Atheist? Like you didn't mean it like that. Well, now it sounds like you did mean it like that. What goes around comes around. This is like very dangerous language. You're you're saying that the Shias are collectively responsible for what they did before. For what, what some Shias did before to to Ahmadis, what goes around comes around. This is horrible. Do you believe in karma now? This is this is this is dangerous. What do you mean? I didn't mean it like that. What is this then? No, we don't agree with this. What goes around? They don't. The Shia community does. No, what goes around does not come around, especially when they didn't do it. It's bullcrap. We do not hold the Shia community in Pakistan collectively responsible. 
for what some Shias did to some Ahmadis, and what goes, and this is not something that has to uh, should coming around. No, no, this is not this is not something a law within the fabric of the universe that what go, comes around. First of all, it did they didn't do this, and even if they did, this this is not a rule that has to happen. I don't understand. Yeah, this is like some karma bullcrap. Um, Horace Sultan is here. Hi, Horace. Saying, I just saw this on your website. I'll talk about it too. Your website is a great tool to stay up to date with religion-related news. Oh my god! Well, thank you. That's know? such a big compliment. That's um, such a. Okay, back at you, um, 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 Harris, because we also look at your channel to make sure that we're also up to date on everything uh, in the Pakistan related. Sometimes, uh, when you cover something, we send. I send that video to Susanna. I'm like, hey, we should talk about this. So, same thing. Yeah, no, that's true. Horace, if you are able to find more information about this case, please let me know because there was very little um, available information in English. So please let me know if there's more to this story or if there was anything inaccurate about our reporting because we were dealing with limited information. Um, uh, Horace is also saying in reference to the last comment we were discussing, these people can never get out of their collective mentality. There, There is no evidence of what goes around comes around. True. Yes. Yeah. It's just a myth people like to believe in to to get the to get the um, the satisfaction of there being a uh, a default justice hard coded within the fabric of the universe. Okay, justice is not a gift from nature, from God or the universe. Justice is something that you need to fight for, and if you don't fight for it, you're not going to get justice. Okay, it's not within the rules of nature or there's, there's nothing that guarantees justice. Okay, what comes around comes. That's that's bullcrap. Okay, um, religious people uh, and people who believe in superstition have always tried to um, convince people of that, just to get the sense of satisfaction that uh, the people who they hate will one day pay the price for it. But that there's no guarantee for that ever. Okay, there are many people who have been um living very immoral lives and have wronged many people and have very have lived very happy lives and died very happy people and there are also many very very good people that have done nothing wrong to anybody and have lived very very miserable lives and have died miserably okay there is no justice to your universe the only justice you're going to get is the justice that you fight for um okay yeah, also it's like the law of attraction or mythical. So, so yeah. for I took your you know your constructive criticism from last week where you said, you know, me mixing in good news, the bad news, and the good news and the bad news was just too much of an emotional roller coaster. So this week I tried to put bad news in the front and then now it's just good news from now on. Just good news from now on? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, good. All right, so we can clap on that me. Yes. Next news. Next news. New Zealand bans conversion therapy. On February 15th, New Zealand's parliament passed a bill that will ban conversion therapy. The bill was introduced in August 2021, and it passed its third reading with a massive offset of 112 to 8. The bill will prohibit conversion practices that seek to change or suppress a person's sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. The Labour Party eagerly announced, quote, we promised to ban conversion practices in our 2020 election manifesto, and now we are delivering on that promise. 
Once implemented, the ban will criminalize conversion therapy practices. Anyone proved to conduct it on a child or a young person under the age of 18 or with impaired decision-making capacity will be subjected to three to five years imprisonment, uh, as well as a fine. In support of this new bill, Paul Hunt, Chief Human Rights Commissioner, said that they would also establish Conversion Practices Response Services Team. You know what I'm going to say? I know what you're going to say, and I'm not going to let you say it because we need good news this week. Okay, okay. I'm not going to let you rain on this parade. Mm, Okay, so should I not say it then? (laughs) (laughs) We'll say it. I know what you're going to say, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I mean, okay. New Zealand, what the hell took you so long? Only now? (laughs) Only now? It's 2022, New Zealand. Welcome to the civilized world. You're doing better than most of us. You're doing better than most of us. You're telling me up until just recently, New Zealand was allowing conversion therapy up at like till 2021. Conversion therapy was legal in New Zealand. That's what you're telling me. Unbelievable. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. It's still but, legal in my country. Okay, well, like, I yeah, will take country. a win. I'll take <laughs> yes. a win like this. Yeah, well, it's embarrassing to the United States as well. But okay, but also congratulations for, <laughs> but also what took you so long? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you, you know, we we need good news this week. This is a okay, win. Yeah. This is a victory. This is a win. This is a victory. You know, okay. You can, but you also, can... it should have been earlier. <laughs> oh my god! It is a victory. I'm just saying it should have been earlier. I, I, yeah. Up, oh, we got cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, okay. You know, there was a lot of impassioned speeches that were given when um, discussing this in their parliament, and um, one oh. statement I can't remember who made it, but a lawmaker basically said, like, we can't undo what was done in the past but we can ensure that um you know going forward as few people as possible are hurt by this practice and traumatized by it and that if that does happen that there are you know punishments that will be brought forward by the state um so it's a win read this way um at uh there was a tweet saying at 16 i went through conversion therapy it wasn't called that but that's what it was through my church i desperately wanted to pray the gay away to be accepted by my family community and church my illness in quote-unquote weakness to temptation was etched as sin into my skin in new zealand oh my god i thought new zealand was better than this this exists everywhere okay all right well, welcome, congratulations in coming out of the dark ages, New Zealand, I guess. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you, you, it's easy for you to say that, but countries that ban this are the exception, not the rule. So how can you say coming out of the dark ages when they are the exception? Because that's our standard, okay? I refuse to adjust my standards based on what is the norm, okay? It's the world that is a problem. Not our standards, okay? If if all of a sudden the whole entire world brings back slavery and I'm like, holy crap, why do we have slavery? You could be okay. Like, 
hey, <laughs> well, everybody's doing it. Like, okay, well, everybody has a problem. My standards are, you know, these are the correct standards to have. I will continue to be shocked by people having conversion therapy because conversion therapy is barbaric. Okay. I don't care how much of the world is doing it. Fair enough. Um, wait, really quickly. Perfect person is saying, I'm a sad guy in the Arabic world. Can someone link the Arabic Atheist Republic Arabic channel in the chat for perfect person so that they can find a community in, in a language that, you know, they're more comfortable Aww. in? Perfect person, I know it's hard to be an atheist where you are, but we have a lot of people who share your experience. So, um, yeah. Okay. Go check out the Atheist Republic Arabic channel. Jumhuriyat okay. al-Elhad, right? Uh, al-Elhad, I think. Yeah. 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 Link is in the about section. In the, uh, yeah. Um, on the home page of this channel. But do you want to read this one? Uh, Harris is saying, let me say the obvious to piss Armin off. Armin, don't you know? Better late than never. <laughs> well, it's not going to piss me off because I, I didn't say it's not better now in New Zealand. I acknowledge it's better, okay? But it would have also been more better if it happened earlier. Okay, this is better. Okay? Okay, so yeah, better late than never. Better soon than late. Um... <laughs> 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 That's also true. Um, okay, cool. So can we clap for the next news? Uh, yeah, because no one died. No one All got right. hurt. Next. No one got put to jail. Okay. Anyone molested? Wait, anyone molested? No. Okay. <laughs> sure. The next news. <laughs> the standards that we deal with. Next news. Report. Most LGBT Christians don't feel free or safe to be themselves in church. According to the 2021 Safeguarding LGBT Plus Christian Survey in, from the United Kingdom, only a minority of the 754 respondents felt safe to be themselves in their local church. The survey was conducted by the Azan Foundation, an advocacy group that works with religious institutions to eliminate discrimination based on sexuality or gender. The report found that although an overwhelming majority of the participants, almost 69, nice, uh, 69% said they <laughs> rank, I'm so childish. <laughs> um, even though the majority of the participants, 69, almost 69%, said that they regularly go to church, only um, 30, roughly 37% feel safe to be themselves in their local church. 17% uh, of the respondents say that they used to express their sexual orientation, but no longer feel safe about it. Reverend Paul Baines a former chair of the Azan Foundation, acknowledged the survey's findings by saying, quote, silence has a price, and we now see clearly who has been paying it. Dr. Sarah Carr, the, research, uh, the research, research's independent monitor, mentioned that belief systems could be beneficial for the... Could be beneficial for the mental health of many individuals, but the LGBTQ community might experience the opposite as, quote, so many have experienced exclusion or judgment by various faith communities. Do you know what this means? 
if Christians can't feel free to be themselves in church, do you know what this means? Uh, they should leave the church. No, it means it's working. That's what the <laughs> church is. So because as a Christian, you are a sinful, disgusting piece of nothing, worthless. You are depraved. You deserve to be punished forever because that's all you deserve as a sinful creature that you are. And it's only through the grace of Jesus Christ that you get the blessing that you obviously do not deserve. You know, you should have been on the cross instead of Jesus, but he took all of your punishment. You're all just disgusting pieces of crap. So obviously you should not feel free to be yourself because you are worthless. You're crap, right? You're an immoral, sinful, disgusting, depraved animal. Why would you be comfortable with yourself? That's the message of Christianity. Why? YouTube, how, how dare you? Armin, how Armin da- is not using dehumanizing rhetoric. YouTube. He is repeating the attitudes oh. of others. Okay, sorry. Yes, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm taking. I'm telling you what. This is all wrong. Okay, I'm telling you what Christianity teaches you. Okay, so if you do not, if you don't feel happy with yourself then you're just being true to Christianity, okay? Why would you be happy with who what you are? You have to hate yourself. You have to feel disgusted of yourself. That's why you need Jesus. That's the whole point of you needing Jesus, because you're worthless. You don't deserve anything. You don't deserve to be happy. You don't deserve to grace. You're getting a gift that you don't deserve, okay? So if the church is making you feel like you're not happy with yourself, if you don't feel comfortable so, with yourself, that means the church is doing its job properly in making you feel like that. I'm laughing because our live chat can't behave. The music I think <laughs> talk dirty to me, Danny. <laughs> 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 was to say, you're making the Christian God look like a dominatrix arm, and I'm getting turned on by the idea of becoming a Christian. <laughs> like, you're discussing religious trauma. <laughs> like, oh, t- <laughs> I set the tone by laughing at 69, to be fair. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think what you said about like, oh, well, what do you, ex- like, then that means that their message is working is interesting because a lot of these congregations like nowadays try to stress like this. Um, Cause the report talks about how more churches are stressing the gays in the live chat need to calm down. <laughs> Asian American is saying, "Spank me harder, Sky Daddy." It's <laughs> perfect. Um, so the report was talking about how a lot of the churches, I'm in the UK, are the ones that they were looking at have gotten up to the program in terms of like stressing the physical safety of LGBT people, but apparently they aren't doing enough to help nurture the spiritual and emotional well-being and safety of LGBT Christians. Um, Although again, kind of what like, I don't know what's to be expected. Like this isn't something that's for the past 2000 years, like been something that's okay. Um, I think uh, it's, I don't know, as a, bisexual person who grew up in a Christian environment, I frankly have a very hard time understanding the impulse of queer people to remain religious. Um, 
it's it's frankly that like I try I think about it I try to consider it and it's something that my brain it just doesn't go like I have not really any good way of trying to understand why someone would remain in the church Um, let me try to speak on behalf of your people then if you don't understand bisexual if you don't understand LGBT people okay let me tell you as uh, let me explain it to you as a straight man okay um I think uh for a lot of for a lot of them, it might be that they have been so convinced that this is wrong that the church provides a way for you to cleanse yourself. Maybe. But there are some that say that it's actually not wrong. Vanity doesn't actually say that. That this is about their that God is love and this is about their relationship with a loving God and that people mm-hmm. who try to make it seem like they are abominations are actually that's why I said some that's why I didn't say some that's why I didn't say all of them okay but for when a lot people, of people say that it just seems like massive cope to me it, it that's religion massive cope true <laughs> <laughs> so I mean yeah um <laughs> I've met gay Catholic priests, openly gay Catholic priests. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of them, even even if it is a sin, they say, well, we're all sinners anyways. Okay. I could, if even if I'm a sinner for having these thoughts, at least I'm a Christian and I would be forgiven. Mm. Okay. So that's the idea for a lot of people. I guess it's just really hard for me to like, try to empathize with that experience because the only way that I was able to deal with like that kind of messaging was to just like refuse to engage in it. Like screw you. I'm burning down the church mentally, mentally and mentally YouTube. Yeah. yeah, I had, I, I had to just like evacuate. Like I can't imagine trying to stay in that and maintain that contention music guys saying they just need to leave to be honest that's how i feel but uh, i mean that doesn't actually get to the the core issue of like the actual belief in the problem of faith um for other ever stormy is saying we need a church of susanna i'm actually in favor of that i think there would be a lot of a lot of people that would yeah let's do that i'm not even joking i think we should have a church of susanna oh my goodness i think there would be a lot of people nihilist antinatalist is saying we need gay mosque muslims would go crazy in my area there is a there is a queer masjid yeah we do we already have that i almost got kicked out of one they're kind of the craziest ones (laughs) yeah um oh look we already have the first candidate for the church of susanna (laughs) oh we have we have some we have a visitor Oh, baby. So cute. All right. Do you want to see the next news? Can you clap? All right. Uh, Can we clap for the next news? uh, Yes, it's not. uh, No. Oh. Next news. (laughs) (laughs) Next news. Next news. Amid hijab row in India, Sikh girl asked to take off her turban. Um, oh, wait. Horace is saying that he'll join my church. Horace will worship. worship. Oof. 
that's a huge endorsement of Susanna Church. I'm gonna hold you okay. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now I gotta start the segment over. I had to <laughs> stop the presses. Okay. We All have right, the endorsement right. from the Pakistani woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should go on his channel as a prophet. <laughs> Wait, can we we should do that? We should make you a neb nebiat, a female prophet. Let's do that. That would be you know how we have a lot of um satirical religions? Let's make one. Let's make it Church of Susie. I'm I'm actually serious about this. Let's let's talk about this after the show. Anyways, <laughs> next news. Next news. Amid hijab row in India, Sikh girl asked to take off her turban. Recently, in Mount Carmel College in uh, Palace uh, Vas Vasanth Nagar. A 17-year-old um, baptized Sikh girl was allegedly asked to take off her turban while attending class. Lately, there has been a lot of controversy around students' religious garments at schools. Last year, six Muslim female students who refused to take off their hijab were barred from attending their classes. Mount Carmel College denied the allegations and clarified that they did ask the student to take off her turban, but did not bar her from joining her classes. On February 10th, the three-judge high court in the state of um, uh, Karnataka declared that the interim order regarding the hijab applies to colleges that have existing uniform code. Karnataka's high court is still hearing petitions submitted by Muslim students regarding this issue. The court stated that petitioners must prove beyond a reasonable doubt, quote, as to what is compulsory to be followed in Islam. Um, people are saying this is the same state. Is this the same state as the what happened with that yes. hijabi student? Okay. Different okay. city, same state. And is this like a public school or a private school? How does this work? Um, you know, I don't actually know that off the top of my head. Hmm. So they have a school uniform. This is pretty bold, by the way. I don't know if people understand. Oh, well, that's why I had to cover this. Because, because I was like, oh, they asked a Sikh girl to take off her turban. Like, Guys, you they, don't mess with the Sikhs. They, <laughs> I, was, I was like, holy crap, they done did it now. Like, right. this, this is... hijab situation has turned into a Pandora's box that I don't think India is prepared for. Because the logical right. conclusion of this is that, well, yeah, then she should have to take off her turban too. But we're not ready for that conversation. No, guys, like, okay, it's, you would expect for Indian schools to go after the hijab, okay? You would like, of course, it's India, right? You do not expect Indian schools to go after the turban, okay? This is like a red line that has been crossed. I don't know, is there any backlash to this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh what kind of a question is that? <laughs> I just, I just had to. I didn't want to assume. I didn't, because if I assumed, it would be like I don't know, racism of um, I mean, no I guess expectations you're right. from yeah. from the Sikh community, right? So, what has been the backlash? Well, so there was a huge backlash from this girl's father. Um, it. It, it, it's become, you know, a huge news story because of this. Um, you know, people have come, community leaders have come forth and just stated, um, 
you know, how much of this is this is perceived and received as an insult to the Sikh community. Um, and yeah, so it's it's just blown up. It's blown up. Right. Um what has this by the way, this is a completely separate school. Does this school also not let the hijab? I'm gonna be consistent the other way around as well. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming this school will also not let I mean, first of all, they didn't black why didn't they why would they not block her from attending classes? Would they block her from attending classes if she had a hijab? But for like it's still not consistent, right? Like how so, come if you're wearing how come if you're wearing a hijab, you don't get to I mean, this is a lot more consistent than what I assumed it would we would get to than before. But when it comes to a hijabi, you don't get to come to the class. But when you have a turban, you you're asked politely to remove your turban, but you you will still not be blocked from attending the class if you refuse, right? So it's still not consistent. But go on. So here's here's a little bit of background. So for those who are not aware, we've been talking about this hijab controversy in India for a long time. If you don't know what we're talking about, go look on our channel. You can find you can find it for the background. So the update is that there has been an interim order that's been carried, that's been passed or whatever at the moment that says that while the court still deliberates and really digs into this, in the meanwhile, we're ordering that we're disallowing religious symbols in that if you're wearing the hijab, you can't wear the hijab in classroom. So at the moment, the hijab is not allowed to be worn at, you know, religious symbols, including turbans. Well, this is always the exception. So, okay. so that, 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 wait just a second. That's the larger background. And then, so the background for this instance is, Quote, the college said that the issue started when the deputy director of pre-university education North, who was visiting the college, noticed a group of hijab clad Muslim women and had a word with them in his office about the um, Karnataka's. Uh, wait, I always pronounce that wrong. Anyways, um, high court's order. The college clarified, quote, the report, the reported incident happened after the girls prevented from wearing the hijab pointed to another student wearing the turban. In the interest of parody, the Sikh girl was asked about her religious symbol. She explained that the turban was necessary as she had been baptized. Her father wrote to the pre-college university, the pre-university college, confirming this. We understood the circumstances and supported her decision to wear the turban. What the hell? This is not equal at all. Okay, so they're going after the turban mildly just because they want to be able to go after the hijab. <laughs> so that like they're like. Oh my God! I guess, like, hey, remove your hijab. Or like, what about them? Like, ah, oh, damn it! Can you please remove your turban? No, no, okay, uh, okay. We ask them, like, that the intention is to go after the hijab. This is like, this, <laughs> you know, this is like trying to use secularism mostly to be just targeting Muslims. Okay, but like, the, even if eventually they get, they like, for the sake of consistency attempt to like attack the turban to some in a mild way the goal was not that the goal was like we be anti these muslims you know what i mean that's what it, the goal is like guys the intentions matter too like i would support like so uh harris is asking in the election army a few weeks ago you said you'll support it uh, if it includes sikhs too uh i predicted that they would eventually are you okay with it now no, because I'm not okay with it now. First of all, because it's not consistent, okay? They're like, the way that they're going after tur turban is a lot milder and forced. 
and also the like if there is even if there is a blanket ban on all religious symbols okay if the goal was secularism in public schools i would be like yay go for it okay but if the goal was like we have to make muslims feel not not feel welcome in schools and because of that we also kind of have to ban all the other religious symbols but the main goal was to be anti-muslim then even if you're consistent if that was the intention I would still not be in your favor because your goal was not secularism. Your goal was something else. You're just using secularism as a weapon, as a tool, right? But it's so obvious that they don't want to go after the turban. Their hands are being forced to go after the turban because people are calling them out that this is this is not about being progressive. This is not about being secular. This is not about having a re environment, re religion-free environment when it comes to education. This is not about all of that. We're calling your bullshit out. You're just anti-Muslim. It's so obvious that you're you're like that. And because we're calling your BS out, you're like, hey, can you can you please move your turban? No, oh, oh, oh no, don't, uh, don't well, attack, please. Oh. To be fair, I don't know because you keep on saying, well, this is their intention. I don't know for this particular school how much of a vested interest they have in this. At the moment, they are under a court order. Right. So their hands are tied in that sense. Why would they go after them? Okay, they are under a court order, okay? Why is there both when they have, if they have this court order, okay, and they already have female students with the turban and also female students with the hijab, why did they, why did the girls with the turban had to be pointed out to them? Why would we like, oh, we have court order. There's a hijab, there's some hijabi girls. Let's go after them. Why did they have to point out, like, what about them for them to also go to after the turban, girls with the turban? Why was that not automatic because of the court order? I mean, it seems like the court order is even being um, enforced selectively, even though the court order is supposed to be about all religious symbols. <laughs> I mean, I don't <laughs> have an answer for you. <laughs> um, well, probably likely because regarding this whole controversy it has been surrounding the hijab you know like this the turban as the sikh turban has been taking a back burner for sure it only really came up now um what's interesting though is so i follow a bunch of um lefty indian uh pages on instagram and one of them posted this news and said like you know oh now they're coming for sikhs too they're coming for all the minorities and i don't think that's like I don't think it's coming for the Sikhs or it's in this case, if this did actually theoretically, it's applying the standards in a, a equal way, in a way, in a theoretically, it's supposed to be about parity. Now, in terms of the application of it, it wasn't. Is this in general? Of course not. I just thought that was, I thought that was kind of like, well, in general, like there shouldn't be this exception. And oh, but Harris is saying when he gave you that pushback and then you replied, he's saying, I agree with you and my position is the same. Yeah. And he is also saying, I think they will eventually go for all religious symbols. Okay. It would be more I defendable. Can't. They can't. They can't? Like, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, imagine t not a single Sikh is, would be able. Like, yeah, I can't imagine in India where Sikh people cannot go for, get public education if they have their turbans on. That would be like, yeah, that's unimaginable. I mean, it might happen, but I can't imagine it.
Maybe well, how likely are they to enforce that students aren't allowed to have like their various cast markings as well? I don't find that very likely either. All right, we have and, a lot of start comments. We have to uh, go on. Yeah. Oh, so that's actually what I was moving to. So, um, Bubble, who is our local Indian lawyer, is um, was explaining some of the problems with this to Harris, saying, no, they'll never enforce it be against basic Hindu cultural symbols. And two, unlike France, they can't practically force parents to send their kids to school. So this is oh. an instance where Armin and I have to tackle with our ideals and principles versus the consequences. So in mm -hmm. France, they have a system that in theory, I don't know how effective it is, but they have systems that track children and whether they are going to school they're they're not allowed it is to effective yeah. okay I, I have actually haven't looked at the data so that's why i was qualifying it um but because there are and the hijab is banned for students under the age of 18 so a lot of people push back on this not because they support the hijab but because they say well if there are families where if their daughters are not wearing the hijab they will not allow them to go to school but in France, they have this system that ensures that they are receiving schooling. Okay. But the difference here in India is that that can, that cannot practically be insured. And so the consequence to enforcing these types of um, bans against religious symbols would be that millions of girls would not be receiving education. So they're saying that by banning the hijab indirectly, they are denying these girls their right to. This is what education. happened. This is how, this is what happened in Iran when um reza shah banned the hijab there were there, there were many women that got locked that just stayed home for like years right so this is why we could support the france model more than even if it was consistent even if it was consistent in india the consequences if, it, if the consequences is like less education for women then we shouldn't be supporting it the france again we might sound hypocritical because we're supporting it in france but not in india but the, again, the difference is you cannot not go to school in France. Okay, so that's not going to be a, a consequence in France. So that's why it's easier to support it in France than in India. Um, yeah, we, the, the main thing, like as much as we're anti-hijab, uh, and anti-religion, anti-modesty culture, um, you know, you're not just <laughs> you're not like saving women from modesty culture if you're excuse, if you're like denying them education. You know what I mean? So well, which education is if like you the care about their empowerment and ability to choose, women yeah. will most likely be enabled to enact their their autonomy if they are educated exactly. enough to secure individual um, financial stability for themselves. Okay, I, I I don't need to add anything to that. That was the best way to phrase what I was trying to say. That was like that. So it's, if if that's your goal, it's antithetical to what you're working towards. Exactly, exactly. But again, these people don't care about empowering Muslim women. These people care about being anti-Muslim women, okay? So if we're like against hijab and modesty culture, it's because we are in favor of uh, liberating women from these level of oppression. But these people are like, if they're anti-hijab, it's not because they care about the woman who's being oppressed by the hijab, it's because they hate the Muslims, including the hijabi women. They just want to see them suffer. They just want to see them suffer. They get they get joy out of seeing muslims suffer that's what they that's why they're in for they do, if they if muslims be angry they be happy well i i think it's more than that i think they they hate to see a public display of muslim identity because that's what the hijab is 
the Muslim women in particular carry, but Muslim men do not necessarily carry that same thing. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, let's go to the next comment. So, um, Bubble oh. is, oh, wait. Okay, so Mother Earth is saying the ruling is only for government colleges. Private colleges can do as they like. Yes, this is true. Um, if you right. are, say, like a Christian That's school, good. you're allowed to, you know, not allow certain kinds of clothing. Um, uh, Nanda is saying you are talking out of ignorance. There is a difference between compulsory in turban versus optional hijab. Okay, Nanda, what? you're a moron. Nanda is a moron because he uh, he or she thinks that this law is about which is, is about which religious symbols are um, mandatory and which religious symbols are not mandatory. This is about banning religious symbols from education. This is not about making a judgment on description. This is not about like Wait. you you yes. It it kind of is. So well, this is on be. the this is on the basis of different precedents that have happened in Indian law, both within the state and yeah. throughout the nation. So there okay, are various precedents in terms of what is allowed to be banned. And you are not allowed to ban certain things if it is deemed in an essential, and the word is essential, obligatory part of the process or of the faith. Okay. And this is Let why be clear. No, lawyers no, no, no. are bringing Wait. up the Quran in court. You Okay, you don't understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying, our argument is not about which one True. is more... Because it's insane that lawyers and judges and the law is using scripture to see the meaning behind how mandatory the hijab is or what the Islam teaches about the hijab. It's irrelevant. The fact like it's so India, India's legal system is so backwards. Okay. It's so unbelievably pathetic and embarrassing when the lawyers actually have to bring scripture to a, a secular country is investigating scripture in their course to decide which religious symbols they want to be against you're a goddamn government you have to be against you shouldn't you shouldn't be picking and choosing between religions okay if you want to be against religious symbols you're going to be against religious symbols you're not going to read do a quran re reading in, in the court to decide how aggressively women should how aggressively islam pushes the hijab or it doesn't okay like oh our religion our religious symbols are not as mandatory as yours because based on our scripture relative to your scripture so ours should be allowed and yours shouldn't be allowed are you serious like it's, it's kind of like governments being involved in like reading magic spells and comparing magic spells with each other to decide what should be legal and what shouldn't be legal. The Are state has no, it, the state should have no interest in making theological judgments. Exactly. That's, yeah, see, you always phrase it better than everything I want to say. You phrase it in better in one sentence. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what Susanna said. And it, the fact that you think that th this should be the argument, Nanda, makes you an idiot, okay? And I was like, oh, theirs is worse, so there shouldn't be allowed and ours should be allowed. Oh, my my fairy tales are better than theirs fairy tales. So the symbols of my fairy tales would not violate secularism, but their symbols of their fairy tales would violate this uh, secularism. Okay, Nanda, grow the fuck up. All right. Oh, what boy. Is this Our local <laughs> anti-Muslim bigot, Hindutva Susanna, said every private school should ban Muslim students. Let them go to madrasas and learn from pervy Malvis. 
I'm so grateful that we have Hendritfa in the live chat so we could highlight what they're the way they think, just so that people know that this, these are the actual commentary, the act the, the actual viewpoint of people who defend Hendritfa. Okay. You see the level of bigotry that exists in India. This represents that. Okay. So we don't even need to say anything. We just need to highlight it. It's so disgusting, it's so bigoted that all we need to do is just highlight it. Also, Hindupa Susanna, it's against her own interests. Don't you, I th isn't there a huge push by the government to disincentivize going to the frickin' madrasa? Because this is where people get bad Islamic messaging. I don't want people going to the madrasas. Like, why would you push them into it? Dumbass. Um, Bubble is saying the same BJP politicians who are supporting the hijab ban in schools were previously crying about how not allowing the Mangal Sutra for teachers in schools is anti-Hindu and must be actioned. All right, I think you meant sanctioned. The Mangal Sutra, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but my understanding is that it's like a, a necklace, like an auspicious necklace that married women wear to like protect them from men and evil spirits. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, Forever Stormy is saying India's judiciary is an embarrassment. It um, is an embarrassment, and it's still better than their political system. Like it's still as embarrassment as it is, as big of an embarrassment as it is. It's it's still a good check on like whatever bigoted nonsense. Like we still can rely on the judiciary system to be more mature than the political parties. So. Um, in defense how... of India's legal system, they had to inherit a lot of BS, okay, from mm. the British government. And not only that, they had to find a way to try to hold the nation together by a thread post-independence. Okay, so a lot of the different rules that we see for different communities nowadays seem very confusing. But at the time, it was intended to hold a semblance of a unified Indian identity when uh, a, a kind of a national identity wasn't one that really existed in the same way um, beforehand. So when I think about these things, I really have to consider like the socio historical context, and then it makes a lot more sense. But the problem is, is that as a nation, it's kind of grown out of those and we need to see something new. Um, secular rarity is saying, hold on, before we pass judgment on the defendant today, I think we should all hear about what Dumbledore has to say about unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what India's uh, justice system sounds like. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, read this one and then we'll go to the next series. Gaijin American is saying, my fairy tales have replicating monkeys and flying dragons, therefore, are superior fairy tales. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, can we um, clap for the next news? Yes, I'm we can. This. Yes. Next news. Next news. Kuwait strikes down anti-trans law. On February 16th, the Constitutional Court of Kuwait overturned Article 198 of the Kuwaiti Penal Code, which criminalizes, quote, imitating the appearance of a member of the opposite sex. In a publication in 2009, the United Nations Human Rights Committee insisted that Article 198 is a violation of the uh, Yogyakarta principles guaranteed by the International Convent of Civil, Civil and Political Rights. In December 2021, the Constitutional Court of Kuwait accepted a legal challenge against Article 198. 
the major ruling was warmly welcomed by human rights activists and advocacy groups for the LGBTQ community. Amnesty International called the verdict a breakthrough for transgendered rights. Uh, Sheikha uh, uh, Salmin, an activist and lawyer involved in um, the case of a persecuted transgender woman, welcomed the ruling and also warned by saying the fight is back is going to be vicious for sure. Meaning that the conservatives are not going to let this, you know, they're not going to take it lying down. And um, what motivated them to push forward with this? Like is international pressure? So um, not really. There was a case of this, this one um, frequently persecuted um or are judicially harassed um, transgender women that really push this to the forefront. Um, um, let me really quickly. Um, so October, Mahal Al-Mutari, a 40-year-old trans woman, was uh, sentenced to two years in prison and a fine of, of 1,000 Kuwaiti dinars for, quote, imitating the opposite sex among other children. A lawyer told Human Rights Watch at the time that the court had used Al-Mutari's uh, uh, Al social media videos as evidence to convict her as she could be seen wearing makeup, speaking about her trans identity, allegedly making sexual advances, and criticizing the Kuwaiti government. Al-Mutari told Human Rights Watch that it was the sixth time she had been arrested due to her trans identity. She is currently being held in Kuwait's prison, central prison for men. Uh, and then, uh, so her lawyer was the one saying that this is a step in the right direction and that the, the, this article was unconstitutional and that couldn't be debated. Um, and yes, they're like, there's going to be a lot of backlash for this, but it, it's been ruled in specifically, it was quote, inconsistent with the constitution's keenness to ensure and preserve personal freedom. So we had a story, wasn't this was our earlier story about Kuwait as well with the yoga stuff? Yes. Okay, so that's we were suggesting in that story that Kuwait is going backwards, but this one suggests that they're going forwards, right? Like that was like, um, so what does the what do you think? Um, it's a mixed bag because yeah. in the previous story where we we're talking about the crackdown on the yoga situation, that's about the authorities exerting their power to stop this from happening. And, you know, it, it, conservative figures really speaking out against this. Um, For people who don't know, we were talking that, about women not being able to do yoga because it was sexual and depraved and pagan. So indecent. Yoga, indecent. And yoga was being banned in um, Kuwait. So it seemed like things were getting more Islamic in Kuwait. But now we're getting this story about anti um strikes striking down anti-trans law which i think kind of just yeah a big difference is that there's a there's a large difference between the the judiciary making a decision about the constitutionality of something and then actually the state using its power to enforce various attitudes which is what we saw with the previous stories about the crackdown on the yoga retreat so they oh. just happened they just happened to use the fact that they apparently didn't have the right permitting to prohibit this event from happening. Right? So, so, so you're saying what you're saying that is Kuwait is actually getting more Islamic in attitude. It's about the, but the tools that they have with the law 
is limited to be able to express that increased Islamization, right? So even with the yoga stuff, they had to go after it with stuff that hasn't anything to do with the accusations that they were making. Like they didn't have the tool. The law was not providing them the tools to be able to say, oh, this is depraved, therefore should be banned. They were like, oh, permitting stuff. And with mm -hmm. this, even, even if Kuwait is getting more Islamized, uh, legally they don't have the tools to fight this because it's in the constitution. So like if the lawyer is wanting to strike down anti-trans laws, if it's so... If it's directly against the constitution, even if conservatives are getting the upper hand, they just it's just hard to fight this because the constitution is not on their side, right? So it's still possible that Kuwait again. I'm not, I'm not sure if it is or not. It is still possible that Kuwait is becoming more Islamized, but the laws that they have is not in their favor to be able to, you know, bend make others bend and bend to their will. Is that if error? possibility to suggest um i can't really speak to like the possibilities or whatever i was just trying to make the distinction between you know just the the judiciary making a decision about something versus how the state actually enforces different attitudes by exerting its power so, so right yeah yes <laughs> mustafa is saying kuwait trans people are welcome but not yoga instructors. <laughs> oh yeah, but like I mean, this is this is the joke though. Like, but it's more complicated because even like conservatives, like it's just it's not about what they it's not just about what they want. It's also about what they can do given the laws, right? So it's more like what eventually ends up happening is more complicated than what the desires and attitudes are, right? So I just hope like the conservatives fail. It's, it does seem like Kuwait does have, like the fact that even with the yoga stuff, they didn't have any laws that could make them like, oh, this is depraved, therefore you can't, can't get to do it. They have to use other ways. Shows that Kuwait's laws are more progressive than these conservative attitudes, right? So I just hope the laws, <laughs> they, they keep those laws, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so this is progress. This is good news. Um, I wanted to say something else. I forgot though. Um, yeah. Anything you want to add before? We well, go it'll just week? be very interesting to see what the backlash to this is going to be. Right. You know, so just because this article or this penal code, this ask, this article of the penal code has been, you know, struck down, that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be other forms of law that they use to go after gender nonconforming people, because that was certainly the case in America particularly here in San Francisco, there were a lot of anti-cross-dressing laws. And then when those were struck down, they would go after them with other things, mm -hmm. technicalities. So I wouldn't be yeah, surprised but, if that happens too. But, you know, I, I, that is really bad. But have, in removing tools, that is still progress. People can, like, I, some people might be motivated to be like, oh, well, they're still going to do this and this and that. Like removing the tools that they have, the legal tools that they have to go after trans people, that is still progress. That will still limit what they can do. So that is, um, it's not a black and white thing, right? Um, okay. All right. Can you talk to the live chat while I go to the bathroom before we do the last news? All right, I'll just read some. Okay, okay, go ahead. I'll just read some, read some chat. Um, Beepoop is saying, uh, you may not be aware, but Kuwait, go Kuwait government has anti-Hentu sentiments after the Bob 
Babri demolition. They banned Hindus in their country. What? I don't believe this. They banned Hindus in their country. It's believed they were involved in funding groups. I'm, I don't, but I'm, I'm not going to read the rest of this because I can't, Ms. Susanna, I wish she were here because I can't confirm whether this is true or not. Like, I don't think Kuwait like banned all Hindus from their countries. Is that true? Um, okay, let me see what else people are saying in the live chat. We have one more news to go. You're just fighting with each other. Yeah, Secular Rarity saying this last news was a little bit of a whiplash. <laughs> because, uh, but Kuwait, but I'm still happy about this. Yes, it's, it's a good news. Yeah, Harris saying, I think that's BS. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. I don't think, like, I think it would be a much bigger news if Kuwait was just like, oh, yeah, no Hindus in our country. I think that would be like a much bigger news than I think we would have been, we would have heard about this. <clears throat> oh, there you go. That was fun. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me bring the final news. The final news is usually often Atheist Republic related. It's always Atheist Republic news. Always Excuse Atheist me. Republic. Excuse Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to clap. Next news. Next news. Update on Atheist Republic's legal battle in India. Um, well... First of all, we have many legal battles in India, so technically this is just one. <laughs> but um, so many for the <laughs> um, so the one that I'm talking about is for those who are not aware, back last year, there were some very butthurt people who brought forward complaints against Twitter. Um, because of some of our tweets. And uh, so they are um, trying to use the legal system of India to remove some of our, you know, very offensive tweets only against Hinduism, which I think is hilarious. Um, because this, whoever filed these complaints had to go through our Twitter to like go look for stuff to be pissed off about. Because a minority of it is about Hinduism. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this first hearing was originally back in November, and then we had another of 2021, and then we had another hearing in December, and this was to do with, um, like, talking about the case again, and just another hearing, and at that time, um, the, the Twitter's lawyer, Twitter's counsel, asked for a week's time to file an affidavit in compliance with the high court order. What are these hearings about? Like, so this is we didn't start these hearings; they started them. Yes. Okay, and why? Because they want our to... tweets are so offensive. They want Twitter to remove them. Right, and they're holding Twitter India like they 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 took it so. This is not about them just reporting our tweets. They filed court cases against Twitter India because of for. This is like, and who is doing this exactly? Like. You also want to for people who don't um know? we don't really know who they are i mean i know is who this... the the first petitioner is it's aditya singh dashal i have no idea who he is or what his problem is right so it's like these... he took it upon himself to do this because we have had government officials coming after us but this is like but and we also had police reports filed against us 
but this is separate. This is these are some private individuals who just took it upon ourselves uh, themselves to take Twitter India to court because of our tweets. Yes. Okay. Just so just want to provide some card takes for people who don't know what's happening. But yeah, go on. Um. So, uh, like I was saying, they at the time the, the Twitter's counsel, uh, their lawyers asked for a week to get back to the court and show file an affidavit showing that they complied with the high court's order because the high court ordered them to remove the specified URLs. The high court said, yes, we agree with you. These should be removed. They, they should get rid of these. Um, so that happened in December. So that was like the last real hearing. And there was supposed to be another hearing. It got delayed again. And you'll probably, for those who remember our last update on this situation, um, we were supposed to have our latest hearing. It got uh, moved to February 17th. So, you know, I promised you guys when we started this fundraiser that I would give you updates when we can. So obviously today is the 26th. When it came to the 17th, um, I asked our legal counsel to appear in court, appear at this hearing and intervene um, should they be, be taking action against us. And they reached out to me and told me that the court wasn't sitting that day and that the matter is next listed for March 28th. So they pushed it back again. Um, Read this one. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse Stormy is saying the Indian legal system is so slow that Susanna will be updating us even after becoming a grandma. <laughs> Seems like it. By the way, um, Beyond, so it's amazing what the the efforts that they're making. I mean, they try they're trying to remove this these tweets, but they're bringing more attention to them. Like next time, by the way, next time we have updates over this, let's like highlight the tweets as well, because so every time because the whole point is to make oh, it I so can that show them right now. Okay, okay, because the whole point is like for people to not like they're trying they're going through all these legal troubles so that people don't see the tweets. Like okay, like. Less people would have seen the tweets if you didn't talk about them because the, the initial audience, like when you post a tweet, 99% of the people who are seeing it is going to be the first day after you tweet it. So if you're trying to remove it a year after it's posted, like nobody is seeing that anymore. Like what are you trying to do? And the reason also why we want to push back against this is because this is not about removing your tweets. This is about intimidation tactics, right? This is about making it more people rethinking posting anything that criticizes Hinduism, right? It's an intimidation tactic. And the it's reason why, back. yeah. And the reason why we're fighting back because we want to make sure that these types of intimidation tactics don't work. Right. So this is not even about them winning in, in the court. This is about just also like being like, okay, maybe we should stand back, which we didn't, we doubled down. Okay. Like we're more than double down. Um, and this is why, this is why, by the way, that me and both me, like, I don't know, Susanna as well, but I have like police reports in India against me. Do you have police reports against you as well in India, Susanna? By, by any chance? Or is Susanna? Oh, Susanna got cut for me. Is it, am I still on or is it Susanna? Am I just, am I the one who got disconnected or is it Susanna? Yeah, is it my cut or is it Susanna? Do you guys see me? 
Anybody in the live chat? Oh. I'm back. Sorry, I, oh, I tried it? to share my screen. My computer pooped its pants. Ah, so okay, so it was Suzanne. Private chat if you want to share it. All right, so I thought it was me. It was you. Okay, so people it confirm me. it. Okay, so I was asking you, do you have police reports against you in India, or is it just me? I have one. Oh, you have one, too. Well, How I mean, it was I an FIR, yeah. How many do I have? Dude, I don't Over even know. <laughs> okay, I'm probably I'm at least at, at least five, if not more. Okay, so me like we wanted to go to India, by the way, and we can't <laughs> anymore. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen if I go to India? Would I get arrested because of all these police reports? Um, so just because someone filed an FIR against you, that doesn't necessarily mean that the police move forward with it. Mm -hmm. um, but they can if but, they wanted to. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Our lawyers officially told us not to. Okay. My understanding is that if you show up at the border, like customs isn't going to run your name and that you're going to come up and they're just going to arrest you right there. That's not Amazing. my impression, but it's still not a good idea. Like why, why risk going to Indian jurisdiction? That's yeah. the real problem. Going to going to Indian jurisdiction where you would be subject to these laws. Over the tweets, guys. Like I can't go to India, okay, which was on my bucket list, by the way, because of tweets talking about Hindu goddesses. About drawings, about because of drawings of Hindu goddesses, I, I lawyers have advised me never to go to India because I have police reports against me. Okay. Like I, I'm hoping that at some point we could challenge those. I know like we're right now challenging these hearings but with our legal fund and our lawyers, but at some point I'm hoping that we could also challenge these FIRs. Like if we could, you know, afford it at some point, this is taking forever. So I don't know if we will ever get to that, but we should get to that <laughs> <laughs> because this is like bull crap. Like you're like filing police reports against me over drawings of goddesses. Like, I want there to be a backlight. I want there to be a response to that. I want there to be a legal response to that. Anyways. Yeah. No. I, um, <laughs> forever story me saying, go to Nepal, Nepal. We will have a party on the India-Nepal border. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should do this. We could yeah, just Nepal meet has... each people on the other side and be like, hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so... I, like I told you guys, I, you know, promised that I would give you guys updates when I'm able to. So this is the update. We will hear about this again in March. And, you know, this is another reason why you guys should consider donating to our legal fund uh, to help us fight off Hindutva. Um, if you're financially able to, these are the ki kinds of things that it goes towards. And also having our lawyers prepare a lot of documentation for us, provide letters for us um, on our behalf to different uh, agencies that are taking action against us or private companies. Um, so it's a huge, huge help if you are able to donate. Um, Hara Sultan is saying, I don't even have a police case against me, even in Pakistan. Really? Okay, this is insane. This is insane. Hara Sultan is the leading uh, atheist, ex-Muslim Pakistani content creator talking about Pakistani things, okay? India has police reports against me, even though the highlight of our activism hasn't even been India, okay? Like, it will be at some point, okay? But, like, even though I'm, like, a very small figure in India when it comes to criticizing Hinduism, 
I have police reports against me in India, but even though Harry Sultan is like the main atheist, anti-Islam atheist in Pakistan, he doesn't have police cases against him in Pakistan. How the hell is this possible? I guess like, I guess I'm... <laughs> I guess I'm a People more of a threat. People in Dupa were probably traumatized by your posts. <laughs> I have the post, by the way. Susanna sent me the post to show you what He's is guys all in these... Pakistan, step it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, guys, like, yeah, uh, thank you so much to whoever donated to our legal fund. We are at 3500 I never thought we were going to get to this far. It's but amazing. Thank you to an... Yeah, unbelievable. Link to this is in the description. But let me show you what this all is about, okay? So I'm going to... Sh- this is the first one, okay? So these are the this is this is what we're being taken to the court for. This is why Twitter India is being taken to court for, okay? So you want to describe what we're looking at, Susanna? Your ignorance and stupidity are my sources of income. Is the okay. text imposed over an image of a holy man or a priest speaking to an elderly couple in front of a shrine? Right. So this is a very standard anti-religion posts that we have had made about Christianity and Islam and Judaism. Very many, many, we have many memes like this and nobody has taken us to court for any of those. <laughs> okay. Like we have, we have a lot of memes like this about Christianity and Islam. It's amazing. Muslims haven't taken us to court for memes that we have against Islam, but apparently, apparently Hindu, a lot of Hindu, Hindutva be sensitive. It'd be sensitive, okay? True. But this one, okay, this one is amazing. The, you can't believe, okay, for people who haven't seen it, you can't believe the second tweet, the second tweet that we've been taken to court for, you wouldn't believe how sensitive these people are, that they're taking us to court for this. So there's two tweets. This was the first one. Let me show you the second one. This is the second one. Tell me, don't tell them, tell me in the live chat, why would they take us to court for this? In India, is I mean obviously it's because of this. For right? those who are listening, tell tell them what it is. It's Kelly and Sita kissing each other. Yeah, it's just Kelly. It's goddesses. Goddess Kelly. Sita is not a goddess. She's like just a character. She's the one that Rama tried to burn alive because people were challenging her modesty, which is modesty. Her chastity. Chastity. Well, yeah, you know, which is modesty culture in Hinduism. I yes. mean, I, I, I don't think it's because of this. This just shows our consistency right here. Like this drawing yeah. is just Muhammad and Jesus making out with each other on top of an LGBT Kaaba. Okay. Based. I don't think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is why they were offended. Okay. I think it's, it's Kali and Sita making out with each other that made them offended. All right. And this was an advertisement of Susanna's talk with CFI called Blasphemous Art Project. By the way, Susanna is available for um, speaking events if you want to reach out to her. This is a good advertisement of that. Uh, reach out to her at Susanna at AtheistRepublic.com if you want to invite her to speak at your events. Um, but yeah, so this is, they're taking us to court over this. Yes. There was another tweet that they took us to court order to court over. Um, It was uh, basically a meme that compared Hanuman to Barack 
and basically, you know, pointing out how both have flying animals and it's ridiculous. But we actually deleted that tweet because there was in the corner of the tweet in, in the corner of the meme, there was like these two little monkeys fighting each other. And I, yes. I, we deleted that live on air because we're like, this is actually not, this presents it as dehumanizing towards religious yes. people. We didn't notice that little that. thing at the corner. That, yeah. uh, when we saw that, that was, we deleted that. We, we were against that meme ourselves. We just didn't, that little thing in the corner was not, uh, was something that we missed. But this one is fine. Um, they were just sad yeah. they couldn't make it to my talk, so <laughs> they had to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Harris is saying, so strange, I've criticized Hinduism in a much harsher manner, but they don't come after me. You should try harder, Harris. Like, I saw one police <laughs> report against me. <laughs> yeah, try harder, Harris. Okay. Yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, well, because no, Secular Rarity is saying, oh, Susanna sounded kind of happy when she said that she had one police report against her in India. <laughs> I was. It feels like a badge of honor because all of my friends who are on Twitter get these notices that the Pakistani police are trying to take down their tweets. And I feel like that's how you know you've arrived as an atheist <laughs> or specifically anti-Islam activist. I was like, this is how you, this is, you know, your right of honor. This is how you get baptized. You know, this is, this is how you know you made it. And I, my Twitter got deleted before I ever got to that point. So yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. this is the best I can do. <laughs> I'm like, I finally get some, some of the fun. <laughs> um, Bubble is saying in terms of how slow the legal process is, Saying, as a lawyer, hell yeah, I'm still litigating cases from the 90s. Damn. Whoa. Oh my God. This is going to be, this is going to take a while. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And this is only one of the cases against us. We still have the issue before the Supreme Court and the one that was in the Delhi court, right? Those are going to take even longer. We should do a fundraiser for a better computer for you, given how much you freeze. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> um, oh yeah. By the way, I mean, you're gonna go to Europe again for celebrating the sin? I think so. I'm not sure, but maybe. And guess what, Harris? Yes, Susanna is. So there's that. So I'm hoping I could join as well. We'll see. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um. Anything else we want to highlight in the show? Well, saying an actress got police complaints filed against her for saying God measured her bra size. Oh, my oh my God. Like if God created her, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one I I I had to highlight because I have an issue with this. I think Armin first first got close with them. By them, he's talking about uh, Hindu apologists, right? And out of nowhere, did blasphemy that hurt them. What? Probably okay. I never got close to like the people you're referring to are are like Hindutva and bigots. Okay, I never got close to them. They just liked me because of my anti-Islam blasphemy. I never. I I was like from the very beginning when I realized that some a group of people are being like bigoted. I would I would never want to be associated with them. I was. They thought I was in their camp. I was never in their camp. <clears throat> Yay, Harris is happy. They recovery. It would be so much fun again. Yes, it would be. <laughs> We're gonna have so much fun, dude. Cool. cool. Absolute nonsense. What? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be unleashed. 
Oh, okay, okay. I mean, you're, I haven't <laughs> traveled in a really long time. I'm very excited. Oh my god. Okay, I hope I get. To, I hope I get to come as well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, this guy that thinks we're biggest is inviting you to a speech. Now that Susanna is invited for a talk in India, waiting for her to arrive into an Indian jail directly from the airport. Oh wow! Congratulations, showing you how sensitive and um, you are and what you represent. Like it's so amazing. These people just out themselves, right? To just want like this guy. By the way, is is, is like a hand dude for apologists in the live chat, constantly being butthurt over the things that we're saying, right? He's the guy saying so, co-parter. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Bring it back home because it's so embarrassing. They're so pathetic. They're so weak. They're so butthurt. And like they have to just like they just dream about us paying the price. And the fact that we haven't just makes them just make them burn so hard. Right. Yeah. Keep 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 burning or you keep crying over the fact that you, we didn't suffer the way you wanted to. Right. Keep wishing. Keep wishing. Like keep making hot comments like this in our live chat so we could highlight it. So for more people to see how pathetic you are and what you represent. Thank you for making our job a lot easier. All right. That, that was that. Guys, make sure you like the video. Make sure you share our uh, channel. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. Our blasphemous art, all the, a lot of these blasphemous art that we mentioned to you, it will be gifted to you in the first welcome email when you subscribe to our newsletter. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're sexy. And they're blasphemous. This, nobody does blasphemy like Atheist Republic. So if you want to see all of that, link in the description. They're free. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you get that for free. And then if you stay subscribed to our newsletter, every week we'll send you new art. We make new art every week, and we'll send it to you every week. Okay? So that's a huge incentive for everybody to be subscribed to our newsletter link in the description all right yes and how you're saying they will keep crying exactly all right guys talk to you next week bye bye <laughs>